With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Dan Gilbazan, and you're listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Jazz here, and I am so digging the GeekCast Radio Network. Cliff Jumper, commence countdown. Five. to an all-new generation of ToyCast as we get the origins of any and all toy fans that we can. I'm, of course, Steve, Joe, and Mike. Today's featured guest is someone who you may or may not have heard yet, depending on the release of this episode and the release of his other episode, but it is Dan from Rock Nerd Radio. Hello, sir. Hey, Mike. How's it going, man? It's going. Sometimes I wish it would stop, but it's going. <laughs> so today, it's time we started talking toys here on ToyCast, and this is the Origins 42 Questions, all about toy collecting and kicking it right off the bat. And the questions, they, they start difficult here, and they only get even more difficult after the fact. <laughs> what is or was the first toy you remember having as a kid? Oh, man. Um, I definitely remember having some Transformers as a kid. I, I want to say the first one that was like mine and mine alone in terms of like not sharing with my brothers was a character named uh, Cindersaurus, who was a uh, Sparkacon, I think they were called. He had like a wheel with some flint on his belly and you'd roam along, you know, the table and sparks would shoot mm. out of his mouth. So I, th I think that was my first like toy that I remember having. Interesting. I mean, you know, aside from, like, the obvious, like, baby toys and stuff, but that that was, like, well, the first, yeah. like, action Yeah, figure. I mean, like, so when I did my episode back in episode 113 of the show, I said something like, well, if we're talking about what I really first remember, it's, you know, those play school toys. It's, like, the Fisher-Price color-changing flashlight or, you know, a board game or, or, or something. But, yeah, right. I mean, like action figure that 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 kind of thing so 
Was there a particular adult who was supportive of you playing with toys as a kid? Was there anyone who was unsupportive? <laughs> that, that's, that's a good one. So my, my grandmother and uh, one of my aunts were very cool with uh, giving me stuff that I wanted uh, action figure wise, even until, you know, like my early teens. Um, whereas I think uh, I, have, I have a father. I love my dad, but he's very sports oriented. He's very, you know, he's a car guy. So I think he mm-hmm. was kind of hoping that I would stop with the action figures and lean towards sports and cars like my older brothers did. And uh, that never really happened. So I don't want to say that my family was unsupportive, but every now and then, like, I'd come home from Toys R Us and my dad would be like, oh, another one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I hear starting lineup is coming back. So, I mean, there's always that. I had a ton of starting lineup when I was a kid. I remember those. My, my brothers had a bunch of the starting lineup guys. Yep. No Yankees, though. Nope, nope, nope. Not doing it. <laughs> I, I I feel like they were more football. I feel like my brothers had more of the football ones than the baseball ones. Right. Yeah. See, I I only ever like I knew I I know starting lineup had done them all, but I only ever I think I only ever they had the baseball and basketball ones because between the Red Sox and the Celtics, it's like say what you will after. And I know baseball trades, you know, trades in in sports happen, but I'm sorry. (sighs) Roger Clemens at that time going from the Red Sox to the Yankees was just like, I'm dead as a kid inside. Like, (laughs) stop it. Don't even. Anyway, what types of toys were your favorites to play with? So action figures, play sets, vehicles, that kind of stuff. A uh, l- little bit of all of that. Um, you know, I, I was, I liked Transformers as a really young kid. And then I eventually got back into that. Um, but I had a lot of the, uh, the Marvel superhero figures, you know, and then eventually X-Men was the big line. There was a Spider-Man line, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, all that. So I liked those figures. And then if I could get a play set or a vehicle, I was more than happy to have it. You know, I had some of the like the X-Men Danger Room and like the uh, Marvel Superheroes Training Center. So like bases that kind of made sense. But then there were definitely some vehicles that, uh, that that I had that didn't quite make sense. Like I remember I had like a Spider-Man dragster at some point. Like I, I don't know why he needed that, but he did. You know. <laughs> I mean, the man can swing on webs while you need a car. Right, exactly. Like, but I had like you got your you got your web slinging light web swinging license when you got bitten by the spider. You don't need to go to dr- to spider school or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But like you know, well, I, you I do, had but... I had like I had like the Blackbird for the X Men. I had the Sentinel. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I had the stuff that really made sense. And then I feel like you know, every now and then, like an ant or somebody would be like, I don't know what to get him. Uh, here, Spider Man car. There you go. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh boy, so you mentioned that. Next question is, what were your favorite childhood toys that really stood out more than the others? So you have this whole, like, let's just say you have a whole room, your whole bedroom filled with toys. What is the one corner of the room that sticks out more than the rest? So, uh, so as I said, especially, you know, in my, you know, in like in elementary school age, um, it was mm-hmm. definitely the Marvel stuff, but there, there's a couple of really special ones that really stuck out. Um, I had a, I had a Transformer. It was a Pretender. If you, if you knew what those were, oh yeah, <laughs> I had a Pretender called Bugly. I still have him, um, and that was something my grandmother gave to me, and that was always a really special one. Um, and then after she passed, that he just became more special. So he's always kind of been on permanent display in my in my room or display room, whatever I have. 
And then uh, aside from that, um, you know, I, 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 as I said, I really liked those Marvel figures. So I had the, uh, the first cable that they put out. That was a big one that, that I always remembered being a really special special to me kind of figure and the uh the second wolverine it was wolverine 2 but it was the uh the tiger stripe costume as he appeared in the cartoon that was another one of my really favorite ones cool yeah. very cool I, very cool i still have that one too so <laughs> yeah i'm just now looking at bugly and oh boy yeah <laughs> what a character oh yeah <laughs> Well, you know, it's one Dang. of those. It was one of those like very small child things where yeah, I would, yeah, yeah I, would, yeah. I would bring it to my grandmother's house, and she'd answer the door, and I'd hold it behind my back, and then I'd you know go rawr, and, and she would go, "Oh, get that mm-hmm. away!" And you know, she always played yeah. into it, and, and so that made yeah. me super happy. But then you know, as I grew up, you know, I was like, "Oh, you know, such happy memories with my grandmother." So I, I'd never let go of him, and you know, when she passed, it was one of those things like you know, I was yeah, you know, I was very close to my grandmother, so when she passed away. I remember like looking at it, you know, in my room and that kind of, you know, after a while it made me smile again. So it's some good stuff. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm on the TF wiki looking at this character and looking at the image of the toy and I'm looking at, and TF wiki, if you don't know, or most people know of oh, yeah. this website, oh, yeah. but they often put like various like captions under the photos and for the, for the official character image, it says, Insects don't have politics. They are very brutal. No compassion, no compromise. We can't trust the insect. <laughs> well, yeah, that's and and part of his bio. Bugly functions only con- to control and dominate others. That's the first line. I'm like, okay then. <laughs> well, what a character you had as a kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> if only your grandmother knew that. <laughs> Do you prefer the label of action figures, dolls, toys, or other labels? Um, I, I go with action figure, but then the one I started saying recently to, to make myself sound like a uh, a, a, a uh, high society member is high end collectibles. That, that's what I go with. <laughs> but uh, action oh figures, you know, collectibles, things like that. I, my my wife, um, when we started dating, called them dolls, and like me and all my friends, like simultaneously, were like, "No, no, you don't, you don't do that." <laughs> Right. Yeah, and, and and that's kind of when you got to take her to toy school and say, no, 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 anything that's under 12 inches, anything that's 11 inches to 2 inches, that's an action figure. Anything that's 12 inches and taller, that's a doll, <laughs> with the exception of Funko Pops, because 10-inch Funko and 10.5-inch Unicron, they are they – are, action figures even though and I've said I said this on an episode recently but I may say it in the future so GameStop and Funko and exclusives and conventions and whatever else this summer one of the shared exclusives was a 10 and a half inch Funko Pop Unicron based on the HasLab $600 toy yep I'd rather spend 40 bucks for a Funko Pop to get the same damn thing without having to worry about where I'm going to put this giant thing that I don't have any money. You know what I mean? So, but I looked at it and I took a picture of them back to back because I have the 10. I, I don't buy the jumbo pops all that often. These are the only two I will probably ever have unless somehow they do a jumbo elf, which they don't even have a regular elf yet. But anyway, I digress. The only diff, the only half inch, the ten and a half, the half inches for Unicron, is because of his horns. You cut the horns off the figure; it's ten inches, and I'm just like, oh god, Funko, 
He's supposed to be the Chaos Bringer. He's supposed to be the destroyer of everything. Make him 12 inches. Make him, I don't know, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, I I, I, well, I don't know. I, I don't want to spoil it for later. You, you might get into something later. So okay. I, I won't say it now, but go ahead. All right. <laughs> Good guys or bad guys, which toys were your favorites to play with the most? Uh, I mean, because I, I was the kid who would have elaborate storylines when I was playing with my X-Men. You know, like Apocalypse and, yep. and the Juggernaut are teaming up. And, you know, the, the available team today is Wolverine, Gambit, and Cyclops. You know, like because those are the figures I brought with me wherever I went or, or something like that. So, um, so I, I definitely played with both equally. There were ones that always kind of stuck out as being more of a favorite than, than other ones. Um, I, I think now looking back at it, I like the, the villainous, the villain characters more just because you don't seem to quite get as many, uh, in toy lines. You know, there were always, if you look at like a case breakdown of, of an action figure, you would have five or six heroes and then one or two villains. And it always kind of bothered me that, you know, it, like you'd, you'd have four four good guys against one bad guy. And it was always just like, oh, come on. Like, I, I you know, they, they need more here, you know. Every, every wave have a, had a Wolverine, but not every wave had a Magneto, you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, because for the listening audience, I am producing ToyCast way ahead in advance and episodes are all out of order and everything else. So half the stuff I've probably said already, I've probably already said, but I think that's because they don't want kids looking at like, yes, you need to teach your children. You know, if you have kids, especially back then in the eighties without internet and without whatever, like I, I didn't even know who, I mean, I, I know what the pretenders are, but I had never heard of Bugly. So the first thing I do is I go, Oh, he's a Decepticon or he's a bad guy. Okay. Oh, he's that kind of bad guy. Okay. Great, like, but you don't really want to have, like, yes, you're right, the good guys always outnumbered the bad guys, except in certain cases. I think Mask always released fairly, I mean, they had an equal number of good guys and bad guys on either side. Uh, they never, I don't ever think, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, you're right, I mean... You always want to check out the bad guys just to see what what their side of the story is. Right, right. Okay, so I mentioned this earlier, but did you have what is or was your favorite toy vehicle or playset? Um, so I'll, I'll give you both a vehicle and a playset. Um, you know, the other thing, and I hadn't mentioned this yet, um, the 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 toy line that I absolutely fell in love with as a kid was Secret Wars, and. Um, that was something that my brothers had and they kind of, you know, gave to me as they grew out of toys. So they, they had the, uh, the tower of doom. And so when I played, that was like the bad guy base. So that was my favorite play set of all time. Um, because it was just like this menacing looking tower with guns all over it and stuff. And it had an elevator and secret compartments and a jail cell. So like, I loved the tower of doom. That was my favorite play set ever. Um, but when it comes to vehicles, uh, probably the X-Men's Blackbird because, you know, it was in the show, it was in the comics, it could fit three people. And that was, again, if I was going somewhere and, like, my mom said, all right, you can only take a couple figures with you, like, I'd throw three <laughs> X-Men in the Blackbird and I'd be like, all right, you know, and then a couple villains, and now I got my toy for the day. <laughs> yep, 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 absolutely. Yeah, those vehicles, man, they, uh, and that's one thing we'll get into way later in this episode as, as we get to more modern stuff, but vehicles then were outrageously awesome. Oh, yeah. Now. 
I feel like they're hard to do now if you want them to look good with the six six inch scale, like a lot of toys are, you know. So yeah, even I mean, even the, back then they looked kind of silly with a five inch you know driver, but you know, yeah, they could get away with it. Now I feel like in the age where these fans are looking for like hyper realism, it'd be hard to make that work. If they were going to put out an, an X Men Blackbird jet for Marvel Legends, it's going to be three and a half feet long, you know. Yeah, and that's why you have these companies like NECA, like Super 7, that do these. Like, I know Super 7 has their Ultimates lines for various licenses, and it's basically... Like, I just looked at several of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ones that they are doing as Ultimates, and I looked at the Shredder, and I'm like, holy crap, that's the 80s Shredder, except it's a modern design. But literally, it has the has the purple flowing cape, has the purple mask. Luckily, he has an alternate head that is his full shredder metal helmet head. Um, but, yeah, that thing is $55. I don't get it. I get it, but I don't get it. We'll talk about that way down the line as far as price goes. Yeah, Did, price is, is definitely ju- a factor these days. So, Oh, yeah. Did you and your friends ever pretend with your toys that you had? By this, I mean, do you say, I'm going to be this character and you're gonna be, you can be that? Like, like Dan can be the, the, the Coke bottle top and Dan's best friend can be the piece of glass or any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when, in terms of like playing with our action figures, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I had said we, we would have elaborate stories and, you know, I had, I had a good – because it was really the only thing I was interested in getting as a gift as a kid was like Marvel figures – so, you know, I, I would have these figures and, you know, my friend would come over and he, he was the same age as me and we would, you know, he would bring his figures over and, you know, like he'd pick up Wolverine and I'd pick up Magneto and then, you know, he'd swoop in with Iron Man and then, you know, I, I'd have, you know, Fin Fang Foom or whoever, you know, go in to fight that. So we'd, we'd be trading off and then sometimes he'd be like, oh, I'm going to play with these two guys over here and I'll be like, okay, I'll play with my two guys over here. You know, we would have like the floor covered with figures and yeah, of course, you know, like, you know, my brothers had He-Man toys. So Skeletor would be like, you know, I'll get you yet, you know, things like that. So <laughs> I'll get you, He-Man. <laughs> God, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I know several different people that do good Skeletor voices. What features define a good toy to you? How true does the item feel in comparison to the source material likeness? Uh, that, that's that's a good question. You know, I, it came to a point, and and I don't remember when I started feeling like this, but at some point I got over like the gimmicks of action figures, like uh, the the first Gambit figure to come out. Like he had a you know he, you, you'd press a button on his back and he had a spring loaded leg, so he would like kick. But I hated it because it wasn't you know like it stopped him from being able to pose and mess around with him. You know there'd be characters who. Um, you know, they'd press a button and they'd like power punch or something, but they wouldn't have any articulation otherwise. So at some point I just wanted figures that had like the basic, you know, several points of articulation and looked like the character they were supposed to look like. You know, at some point mm. Toy Biz back in the day started getting kind of crazy. They, they, you know, they had like Electro Spark Spider-Man. He'd be like Spider-Man, this day glow green costume. Like, what, why, why do I want this? This doesn't look like Spider-Man to me. Um, so I, I was, and, and now especially with like Marvel Legends and Transformers, I, I look for something that looks like the source material that if I put it on my shelf, I know it's that representation of that character. And maybe they have some cool accessories, but I'm done with like play gimmicks. Obviously transforming with transformers is a gimmick and, and I want that in there. But other than that, I don't need like spring loaded, you know, heel missiles or something. I'm, I'm just looking for the character that's going to look like it on my shelf. 
Yeah, the, there's a huge difference in a toy line being something that turns from one thing to another. Like, I'm going to say this because they came first, even though Transformers are better. Like GoBots, like Transformers, like anything like that. But Transformers, you had essentially two toys in one for one low price now at whatever store kind of thing. That's different. That's not like, and uh, obviously over the nearly 40 years now, yes, plenty of Transformers have had gimmicks, but the art of transforming is not a gimmick. It's a built in construct of the toy. Whereas like you're talking about like battle armor, He-Man, you could like, I'm going to say it this way. And I know it's going to sound creepy folks. We are explicit around here, but you could rub his chest and his, his symbol, same thing with battle armor, Skeletor, his symbol would change from normal, normal chest to being to like battle damage. Yeah. 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 To, yeah. to battle damage. You know, you could press a button on the back of, of tongue lash or to have his tongue stick out at everybody kind of thing. Those are gimmicks. And yeah, I, and it, gimmicks and it, it, wore off for me very early. Right. And, it, you know, it's interesting that you say He-Man because as a kid, you know, as I said, my brothers had He-Man figures. The, the gimmick to He-Man never existed to me. It was part of the character and I was fine with that. But that line ended. And like when it ended, it ended. It wasn't like, you know, OK, we're going to keep trickling figures out. Like unlike Toy Biz Marvel and Transformers, like there's always been some iteration of that. But, you know, trans- yeah. Transformers is just as guilty as having gimmicks, too, aside from the transformation, which is oh, kind no. of part of it. No, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. They, like in Cybertron, they had the cyber planet keys, and you'd stick this yep. thing in something, and a sword would pop out, or they wouldn't be able to transform without their minicon. Like, I didn't want that. You know, I, I want the, the bare bones. I can do this without any other accessories, because if you lose that stuff, you're, you're out of luck, you know? Yeah. The only time, and Transformers, I have said for years now, I've said it a little bit more loudly in the last couple of years, the, like I just went on that whole diatribe about the whole transforming thing. It's it's part of what you get with that initial toy. But then obviously they do add in gimmicks like Target Masters, like Power Masters, like like you're talking about with the Cyber Planet Keys. The only time I did not mind a gimmick in Transformers that had to have something else to make it work was Power Master Optimus Prime. I had that one. I still have that one. I love that figure. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I love that toy. That toy is amazing. Absolutely. So, what does... Now, this could be as a kid or as an adult, but what does toy packaging have to have to draw you in? So you go into the toy store, or in today's market, you go into Walmart or Target or whatever else. You go into the toy aisle. You scan the aisle. What What's the one thing, a, a toy package, like, what's the one thing, because I know Marvel Legends never died, it's still going. What's that one thing that that, that packaging has to have to make you grab it and say, I want this? Well, I'll, I'll start off with maybe the hot button topic on that. I need to be able to see the figure. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. You, you know, Hasbro and a lot of other companies now are going with this closed box thing. And, and it's honestly, I pre-order more off the internet now because I know if I'm ordering directly from Hasbro Pulse, I'm going to mm-hmm. get the correct figure. Whereas if I'm buying yeah. the new leader class transformer at Target, if that box looks like it's been opened, I don't want to trust it. You know, I don't want to spend my, my hard-earned money on something that if I open up, isn't going to be the right figure. And it's been happening a lot. So I definitely need to be able to see the figure. That is a, uh, a big part of it for me. 
Yeah. No, absolutely. And let's just talk about that for a second because the whole point in this whole window box, open box, closed box thing is they're trying to – I'm sorry – no toy company. I don't care which toy company it is. No toy company is going to save the environment. I mean, you're, by you're not using. You're producing. I mean, plastic. You know, action figures like they're not biodegradable. You're you're, you're more concerned yeah, about the no. packaging. What about the thing that you are actually packaging? Like it seems like yeah. it's, it's like a little band aid to put on to make the people who were crying about it happy. And at the end of the day, it's just kind of stupid, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it, it's like, uh, have you, uh, I assume you've seen Beast Wars at some point oh, yeah. or another. Oh, yeah. Okay. Optimus Primal said it himself. Die-cast construction. It's a lost art. If you can melt down the toy, because die-cast is metal, yeah. if you can melt it down, well, then there you go. You don't have to worry. It, like Everybody always says, and we will get to this way down the line in this episode, but everybody, oh, in 30 or 40 or 50 years, you're going to see landfills and landfills filled with Funko Pops because they can't be, you know, recycled or whatever kind of. So, yeah, it's like so from window box to open box to closed box, window box is obviously the best because, like you said, you get to see the figure and whatever else. As far as just I'm not talking about environmentally, but, you know, as far as just being able to see the figure, open box was even worse than closed box because yeah, yeah, you everybody see, ripping the head off LeBron James, yeah, or whatever, you know. Like, oh, jeez. I mean, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. And then closed box is just like you said. I mean, obviously, if you order online through whichever retailer you want to order through, whether it's Hasbro Pulse, whether it's Big Bad Toy Store, or whatever, you know, you're guaranteed and. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, and 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 I I don't want this to sound like you know I don't care about the environment or anything. It's it's just I don't see this as the way to uh, for toy companies to beat their chest and be like, look how eco friendly we're being because I'm sure there's nothing eco friendly about the way these things are produced. So <laughs> probably not. And no, folks. I mean, you know, make sure you buy. Closed box because the power is yours. <laughs> oh, but uh, g- go- going along with with this question, aside from the, the hot button political topic here, <laughs> um, you know, I, I got to see something that's gonna make me want to to buy that version of the character. Like you know, I I, I, I use Spider Man an example because he's such an easy example. But they're always putting out another Spider Man figure. They're always putting out another Wolverine or another Batman or another Superman. You know, if I have my ideal incarnation of Spider-Man on my on my display shelf, you know, you have to really have something that wows me in order to buy a new one. Unless you stick it in like a two pack where I want the second figure. But, you you know, like like they they recently did that uh, that newer buck Marvel Legends Spider-Man on like that vintage card. And that was something that like, yeah, that was enough for me to be like, okay, I can retire my pizza Spider-Man. I'll buy this new one. That looks really cool. And, you know, they're putting out another one that is pinless and it looks neat, but it comes with like a, a spider-powered Mary Jane and a spinneret. And, um, you know, like it looks cool, but is that really enough for me to be like, oh, you know, I should buy this set? I don't know, you know? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah. It's, and obviously with Spider-Man and he, uh, let's just say Spider-Man and Batman, because Iron Man, you bring him into this argument and it's all going to be, well, which suit of the week is he going to wear? Which suit of the hour is he wearing? Kind of thing. Because Iron Man has like, and I know Spider-Man and Batman ha- have all the very, like, arc- I, re- I remember to this day, Arctic Batman from the 90s and everything else. Right. But- and, with Spider-Man and oh, – go ahead. Well, see, I, I feel like that's also part of that argument too. Like they can argue that they can put out all these Iron Man figures because it's, you know, armor Mark 47. It's, it's this armor, mm-hmm. this special armor. Aside from the black costume and maybe like the Ben Riley costume, how many special <laughs> Spider-Man costumes are there? You know, like there aren't really that many. So with him, you're kind of limited. So they just keep making new versions, I feel, you know. They keep making new versions of of, uh, of the different of the you know now on this book and now we're going to do this suit you know on this mold things like that. Whereas Iron yeah. Man, you can just put out stealth armor, you know, module armor, Arctic armor, you know, sub subspace armor, whatever you want to do. Yeah. And with Batman, it gets to me a little ridiculous because like McFarlane <laughs> puts out a Batman in every line now, and it's like here's Batman in black and gray, here's Batman in blue and gray, here's Batman with a slightly different bat, and it's like all right, you're getting ridiculous, you know. <laughs> Yeah, the only so let's just take well, I don't want to say Batman and Spider-Man, but let's just take Bruce Wayne and Peter Parker. Right. Okay. Depending on what he has to adapt to, Bruce Wayne can have as about as many suits as Iron Man can have. Like normal like he has specific suits for various things, fine, whatever. That is what it is. Spider-Man Peter Parker Nah, like you said, other than the black suit, never really changed. But if you widen that to the other, like you said, Ben Riley. Now we have we've had Miles Morales for mm-hmm. years. Now we've got twenty ninety nine. Yeah, we've got we've yeah we've got twenty ninety nine. We we've got. Um, I almost called her Gwenpool, but that's nice. Spider oh, Gwen. Spider Gwen. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. It varies, but it's also one of those things where you just and and the other thing is depending on what the what the homage is to you have various of these like if you want the like okay perfect example because it just well recently in the last couple of months it just re released to theaters with some bonus footage or something I don't know yeah something no way no way home you have Toby Andrew and 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 Holland. You know the three movie Spider Men all together, so you kind of have a Spider Verse there because they all have different universes. Because the other two universes didn't matter until Disney bought Marvel, right? They mattered, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, I hear you. Uh, it's a whole Doctor Strange kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, toy packaging. It just depends. It just depends on like. You look at the again going back to like He Man. You look at the Masters Classics, the the Gray Skull Green 
uh, green brick bucks, you know, those were always cool to me. The, the master's classic stuff from about a decade ago or so, because, you know, it's homaging castle Grayskull, And then you have a bio, you have this, you have that and whatever else. And it was always, it was always nice. But yeah, I mean, there's always like certain, and it depends on which, like, obviously, we are most likely going down the boys' toy aisles first. Like, but sometimes, you know, if you're in a store, you, like, if you move to a new town, you go to the Walmart, and you're like, I've never been here before. Let me try to, oh, this is where the toy aisle starts. Oh, it starts with either preschool or it ends with Barbie or whatever, and somewhere in the middle there is the... But the boys' action line also translates to various... Like, there's the action figure stuff, and then there's the, like, oh, you want to be this kid that wants to be on, like, the Power Wheels and the Hot Wheels and the, not Hot Wheels, but, like, the the riding stuff, like, the tricycles and all that and yeah. whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I mean, you know, because it is a wide variety of interests when you look at, you know, just the idea mm-hmm. of, like, boys' toys, so, oh, yeah. you know. Do you open your toys or do you leave them packaged? If you keep toys packaged, do you have any specific criteria for that? No, I open everything. <laughs> the, the, the only two things that I have in a package is, uh, I, so I had mentioned that X-Force cable, that first cable figure that came out. I had sold mm-hmm. him a couple years ago and I decided I wanted to try to find one on card that I could put in like a case and leave it frame, like, you know, frame it on a wall or something. Mm-hmm. So I do have one package cable. And a friend of mine, um, when the second live-action Transformers movie came out, there was a set of uh, Autobots that combined into and turned into an ice cream truck. And uh, a friend <laughs> of mine bought that for Christmas, opened it, repackaged the robots so they were in a compromising position, and added captions, and then repackaged it. And that I have still in a package because it makes me laugh every time I look at it. So. <laughs> Wait wait a minute. You mean to tell me that somebody went out and bought a Skids and Mudflap ice cream truck and made a porno? Well, who do you know, Alex Braun or somebody? Like, I need to. I you need to send me a picture of that so I can put that in the post yeah. because holy crap, that's amazing. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> idea was that that these these robots are stupid, so we're going to do something stupid <laughs> with it. And, and by that time, the, the movie had come out, and I was like, "Oh my god, there are these two blatantly racist robots in here." So my friend kind of did it as a goof to be like, "Stop supporting this terrible live action franchise." And you know, I, I, I don't love the majority of the live action movies. There are there are a couple that I do enjoy, but um, yeah, I don't I don't buy the live action stuff. I try to stick to G one esque looking stuff. Yeah, I only ever at the time when it was when the live action movies were, you know, like you said, 2009, 2010. By the time the second movie came out, I saw it and I was like, "Ooh, I can't. and then I saw the to- I saw the the toy version of it after the movie. I was like, "Oh, I kind of kind of need that. I kind of like it." The only the only live action movie toy I ever had was Transformers Revenge of the Fallen Ravage. And the only reason why I had him was because the toy decided to use a purple eyeball for his his front-facing lat for his, his eye yeah. on his head. And I am... I, I think I mentioned this to you in, in, in the comic episode we did over on the pull bag. My two biggest favorite colors are black and purple. So the toy was black, and he had a purple eye. And I was like, okay, fine. 
That's fine. I don't need to see. I don't need to have a toy with Optimus Prime's bits falling all out of him as he transforms. <laughs> don't need that. But I'll take the the black and purple Decepticity. That's fine. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I still have the first live action movie Optimus Prime because I was I was hyped for the movie to come out when it came out. You know, so I have that. And it used to be real nice with the live action stuff because like Hasbro would do a year or two of classics or universe, whatever they'd call it. And then they'd kind of stop to be like, here's a year and a half of movie stuff. So like a year and a half, I didn't have to buy any Transformers. It was great. (laughs) Now now, now they're like, oh, wait, we can make money if we just keep putting out like the generation stuff and the movie stuff. So I never get a break anymore. But, you know, so be it. (laughs) And, you know, this is a wider discussion for a different show. But you look at what happened 10, 12, hell, wow, 15 years ago this year, that first movie came out. But, you know, you, you look at the landscape of everything that went on during the, let's just say the first three movies. So from 2007 to 2011, you had all this product with the movie, you had all these other product, but we didn't really have any access to like, we didn't see a behind the scene. We didn't see much behind the scene stuff. Nowadays, there's a Hasbro fan first Friday or what wacky Wednesday or Mondo Monday or whatever the, and they have all these live streams where you have various toy designers and people coming on and explaining and talking to BMAC and, and specifically the Transformers team because those are the only ones I know BMAC and, and Evan and right. Isabella and Mark and all those people. It's like, oh, this is great nowadays because we actually get to see the figures sort of, sort of, before, I mean, there are still leaks and leaks are bad, but, you know, we get to see them, like, specifically Evan. Evan is usually the one that, oh, I have it right here. Let's look at it kind of guy. And, you know, they, they talk through it. And I, I like watching those because I like actually hearing from 10 years ago, we didn't hear from the designers. Hell, 20 years ago, we didn't really hear from anybody at Hasbro because right. it was just like, let's just put out this, you know, whatever. So, but nowadays we, we are living in an age where it's like any toy company that does a live stream. It's like, Oh yay, We get to hear from the people who made it. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I really like that. They do these like live streams now because it, it, it brings that nice insight into it. Yeah. And, it, and it's bringing them closer with their fans than ever before. Right. So, you know, if as a kid or an adult, you only were allowed to choose one toy franchise to collect from, which one would you choose and why? Uh, just one, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, are, are we talking current or what, what are we what are we talking here? You I mean, these most of these franchises have been around 40, 50 years. So you take G.I. Joe, Transformers, He-Man, whatever. If, you, only, you can only pick one. Which one would you show, choose? I, I'd probably still go back to Marvel Legends. You know, that, that I've been collecting Marvel forever. I remember buying the first wave of Marvel Legends stuff. Um, so as much as I love Transformers, I, I, I think I still, if, like, if I had to completely cut out one of my, you know, some of my collecting ones in favor for another, it would be Marvel Legends would stay. Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. As an adult, do you prefer vintage toys or modern toys? Uh, modern. You know, it's interesting that, that you bring this up. I had uh, Dan Larson from Toy Galaxy on my radio show a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we were talking about was, you know, vintage is fine. There are some people that just want to get the vintage stuff, and that's fine. I'm I'm looking forward to modern engineering. I like having a really good representation of something that I'm passionate about. And, you know, and, and it's going to be able to pose well. It's going to be able to stand well. 
So uh, I, I I go with modern. Nothing against vintage. I, I do have a complete Secret Wars uh, figure line, so like I do like that stuff. But you know, I, I I'm I like buying modern stuff. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And the thing is, and I mention this in almost every episode, is that I remember me in Florida in 1989 with the Rodimus Prime toy from Transformers yeah. with, you know, he's got the huge legs and he's got the, the trailer and he's got the base and all this and all that. Well, now we have Kingdom Commander class Rodimus Prime and it's like, holy crap, this is the toy I wanted 40 years ago. Right. Because that Kingdom... Commander class Rodimus is essentially everything the original toy was, but so much more. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and you know, again, there are some people who who love the aesthetic of vintage stuff, and you know, you have like, re- uh, excuse me, like reaction doing, uh, you know, like the, the stuff that looks vintage, but you know, being produced now. And there's yeah. a market for it, and people love it, and that's great. But yeah, I'd rather be able to have a really well engineered. Like you said, like Rodimus Prime, I had that original Rodimus Prime myself. You know, he could move his arms. You know, this new one, he, he, you know, he can he can move in all kinds of ways. It's you know, I, I like that. Yeah, absolutely. What is the one toy you can always play with? Man, always, huh? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, I, like because I got I got some d- display shelves in in my basement man cave area. So uh, anything that's on there that's accessible, I'll, I'll just pick up and mess around with. You know, sometimes it might be a Marvel Legends. Sometimes it might be a Transformer. Um, I have other stuff, too, down there. But yeah, it, it's, you know, there is one Transformer that, to this day, I love picking up and playing with. Uh, they, they did a, uh, during the, I think it was during Universe or Classics or whatever, they did a Warpath figure. And uh, even though there have been other Warpath figures since then, I still pick that one up and still mess around with him quite often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Warpath is awesome. Oh yeah. In almost any incarnation. That that guy was so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a cool one. It's like an H tank, so he transforms in a cool way. I always like yep. that one. Absolutely. And, you know, not that we want to be negative around here, but there are always some negative questions that we do have to ask. Even though there are always toy lines that people never purchase, are there any that you specifically and purposefully avoid? This can be a toy line, a specific character, etc. So again, it goes back to that that toy store question. You go into the toy store. What are the what's the stuff you're not gonna get? What's the stuff you're gonna avoid completely and don't care about? Yeah, you know that's that's a tough question because through my you know my years of collecting, I've definitely picked up stuff that you know I thought I was gonna be kind of gung ho on, and then I wasn't, and uh, it. It kind of varies, you know, from time year to year. Like, you know, a friend of mine loves the Masters of the Universe Origins line, and I wasn't going to buy any of that just to save myself some money. And then I really like the Horde. So then a Hordak came out, came out, and I was like, oh, you know what, I'll pick up Hordak. And then they did a Mantena and a Leech and a Mosquito. And, you know, slowly <laughs> but surely I'm picking up just the Horde. So, like, it's, it's, you know, it's controlling myself in that way, but I can't even say it's not the whole line. I, I think at this point... The the one thing I, I don't really pick up is NECA stuff because I know NECA can get expensive. I know it can get uh, sometimes there are some quality issues. Nothing against the company. It's just it's probably the yeah. one of the only toy lines I haven't picked anything up from ever. So very cool, very cool. So 
along the same lines, are there any toys in the past or currently that you wish you had not bought them? Are there any toys that you may have sold that you regret letting go? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so in, in terms of buying stuff that I wish I didn't, when the uh, when Cartoon Network started that Thundercats show, um, I forget I forget how long. Not 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 Thundercats Roar. The the, the no 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 twenty eleven. I know yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I, lo- yeah. I loved that show, and they were putting out like a seven inch seven inch line of Thunder like classic eighties Thundercats. They did a Lino and a Tigra, and I picked them up. I picked them up right away because I was like, oh man, like you know, if this keeps going, we're gonna gonna get the full Thundercats team and all that. And then not only did the line not continue, but with the next release, they shifted them down to six or five inch scale figures. So they, the first two were already out of place. So I was like, well, yep. this was a waste. I eventually sold them for, you know, half of what I paid for them, if not, you know, if not less. Um, yeah. So that, that was a big regret. Like I, I, I hate when they do like, when they stall like that, you think you're going to end up getting something and then you don't get anything. Um, but then talking in terms of things that I regret selling, I, um, a couple of years ago, I was really cutting down on Marvel Legends, and uh, I decided I was only going to keep some characters that really meant a lot to me. And uh, so, like, I was keeping all the X Men because I'm, you know, X Men's my favorite like era or area of Marvel. But um, I started selling off characters like Vengeance and uh, Mephisto. I was selling off a lot of, like the demonicy kind of characters. I kept Ghost Rider, but um, you know, I, I sold Mephisto because he was a um, Marvel Select that they haven't reissued and goes for quite a lot of money. And now, you know, the, the possible next HasLab is a Ghost Rider thing. And part of me is like, maybe I shouldn't have sold Mephisto. Like that would have been cool to have, but uh, you know, it happens, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, you know, cause my collection now is a lot. So I started back to I started my toy collecting journey back in 2005 and it lasted until about 2011 until some financial things right. happened and I had to get rid of it all but right. basically from 2005 to 2011 I was buying my childhood back I was buying all Optimus Prime all this and all that and everything else and so from 2011 up until 2016 I didn't I, I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm done with it because this podcast was not around from 2014 to 2019, 2020. Yeah, we just brought it back. It was seven years, 2014 to 2021. We just brought, brought the show back last year because a buddy of mine and everybody else listening to the sound of my voice knows this. You don't know this. A buddy of mine who helped me start the show passed away in 2011. And I'm just like, okay, well, let me see if I can keep the show going. It only lasts until 2014, and then I put it on hiatus, and obviously now we're back. But in 2016, like I said, I found Funko. And there are only a – and I don't even remember what it was because once I remove them from my collection list in the Funko app, I don't remember what they are. Uh, A couple years ago, I sold maybe – I don't know, 100, 200 different Funkos I had at the time. I had like over 300 at that point. Right now I'm up to about 200 again. But like I couldn't tell you what, like I have no regrets from needing to sell those because when it comes to Funko, and we'll talk about this way later down the line, I only grab the ones that I absolutely want. 
So there is that. Yeah, I, I, I get that. And, and, you know, in terms of regrets, too, like I, I mentioned, you know, regretting selling Mephisto, but there were a bunch of other Marvel Legends at that time when I was selling stuff that I don't regret. Um, you yeah. know, I, I had the, the Fantastic Four Classics Dragon Man that I found in a hobby store by me when it was first released. I maybe paid $25 for it, which at the time was high for a Marvel Legends. And, uh, you know, that's a character that I, I, I no disrespect towards him, but I just didn't care. So, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I sold them for a really nice amount. There's rumors that there's a new one coming out. So I'm glad I <laughs> sold it before the new one was announced. Um, yeah. But, you know, like I, I, if, if I tried to hold on to everything, I would never let go of anything and I'd be drowning in, in figures. So at some point mm -hmm. I, I do have to turn around and say, do I still need this one? You know, and that, that might be, do I still need this, you know, 15th version of Optimus Prime or do I, am I happy with this one or... You know, like that, that that's going to change from person to person. But, you, you know, it, it's something that as I've gotten older, I've had to ask myself, like, do I really still need this one? Do I feel anything when I look at this? If he wasn't on my shelf, would I care? You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that kind of plays into the next question, because how large or small is your toy collection? Do your toys take up the whole house or are they relegated to one room shelf or something like that? So, yeah, so they that my basement is my display area it is you know like my office my theater room it's all that and uh you know i have a i have um a couple bookcases with, like dvds on it that have some smaller collections more focused things on there like i mentioned the horde so the horde is kind of yeah. relegated to a very you know to a shelf on a bookshelf but then there's a wall in my basement that's about 20 feet across that has shelving all over it and that's where my transformers and my marvel legends are um so it's about ten feet for Transformers, ten feet for for uh, for, for Marvel <laughs> Legends. It's uh, shelves that go anywhere from as high as three to I'm sorry, as low as three to as high as four. Uh, you know, squares up, and uh, yeah, that's that's where I relegate my stuff. Um, you know, my wife and I, my wife especially, not that she's anything against my collecting, but she uh, she was like, you're not going to have just stuff all over the house. You know, you have to have it displayed nicely, and you have to keep it clean. So. That's what I do, and I'm pretty good about it. Very cool, very cool. How do you keep track of your collection? Do you have a spreadsheet, or do you have a document, or any of that kind of stuff? You know, that, that's that's a great question. I guess I just have some kind of crazy man brain where I can keep track of what I own. I, I have never walked into a store and gone, do I own this? Like, I, I know whether or not I have it. Um, I've started toying around with the idea that at some point in my life... I am going to have to make some kind of visual spreadsheet that lists everything, you know, pictures of the figure with their accessories, things like that, because God forbid something happens to me. Um, my wife wouldn't yeah. know what half this stuff is. And, and I would feel bad. I have a very, you know, a number of very close friends who would know it, but having mm -hmm. them make them dig through everything and look up pictures online as to what accessory goes with this character. If the, you know, figure is not holding it in their hand. Um, yep. You know, I, I really need to try to streamline what I have. I started toying around with the idea that uh, if, uh, you know, now as I buy stuff, maybe taking a picture of everything right out of the box and being like, all right, here's what we came with. Let's go. You know, that way I know. And, you know, maybe even starting doing things like putting, you know, may maybe waves of figures into like a Ziploc bag. So all the accessories from that wave are together, things like that, you know, but uh yeah, otherwise, like, if you brought me into a Target or Walmart and pointed at something, I'd, I'd be able to tell you if I have it, don't have it, or if I don't want it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That is very, very cool. So you mentioned earlier about your basement and how you display your stuff there. But when I say how do you display your toys, is it more of having them in a specific way? Is there like, do you, like you said earlier, you, you, you were making, you know, scenes and adventures. Do you have them like you have all the transformers versus all the, the Marvel legends or whatever you said earlier about, t- you know, every 10 feet is a new, yeah, whatever. So, so. so again, it, it's probably OCD is what I probably have. But, um, <laughs> but so I, the way that my basement shelves are set up is, is split down the middle, you know, 10 feet to one way is Marvel legends, 10 feet. The other way is, is transformers. And mm-hmm. uh, like every cubicle is something else. So like, you know, the transformers will be like season one Autobots in this one, season one Decepticons in this one, season two Autobots, season two Decepticons and that's how and then like you know like maybe uh like you know because I I go I'm as I said I'm mostly generation one stuff so then like Mm -hmm. I even go into the Japanese stuff so it'll be a cubicle that has like the Autobots from the Japanese Master Force series and the Decepticons from the Master Force series so things like that like that's how I break it down I try to keep it neat like that I do have a cube dedicated to just the Dinobots because they're my favorite thing out of all Transformers um, and then I have like the big Titan figures on top of the cubicles because they stand well, you know, they're, they're, there's clearance between the shelf and the ceiling. Um, and then with the Marvel legends, it's kind of groupings that make sense. The, the X-Men take up the most space out of everything. So, uh, the, the top of a cube of a cube set is like the Haslab Sentinel. And then like, cause nineties X-Men were my jam. So it's like the, yeah. the blue and gold team X-Force X-Factor and you know, the little of Excalibur that we have so far. So, like, that's there, but then there'll be another cubicle that might have, like, Magneto and the Brotherhood, and there might be one that's, like, here's the original team, you know, like, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'll have, like, Spider-Man with street-level heroes, and then I'll have, like, a shelf that's Spider-Man villains, and then I'll have, like, an Avengers shelf, and then, like, an Avengers villain-type shelf. So, that and, and by doing that, I find it, it also forces me to question, um, especially when new stuff is coming out, do I have a spot for this stuff? Will it display well? Do I need it if I can't figure out where I'm going to put it? So that that's kind of help, you know, figure out how I'm spending things. Yeah, absolutely. That's just, yeah, it's just kind of smart. So, all right. If you could only keep one toy from your entire collection, what would it be and why? And basically how I frame this question is the house is burning down. Every human pet, whatever is, is outside and safe. But what's the one toy you'd run back in to save? Oh man, that, that's that's tough. I would. I think it would have to be, uh, well, I'd, if if not Bugly for all the reasons that I mentioned before. Yeah. Uh, I have an authentic Generation One Transformers Fortress Maximus, and it might have to be that one. That was a. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, that was a when I I was going through a master's program, and I said I was gonna reward myself for fin- completing the program by getting a Fort Max. So I did. Um, I spent quite a bit on him because he was expensive at the time. Of course, four months after I got him, they announced the Encore re-release. So that was fun. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I have an authentic G1 Fort Max. He's complete, stickers, everything. I'd probably grab him. Very cool, very cool. On that note, folks, we're going to take a quick break and hear some ad stuff and and whatever else I put in this ad break. And we will be back with the rest of Dan's story in toy collections after this. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, crack! How should I know they'd have a can of shark-repellent back spray handy? Why are you sniveling, sardine? Are you pompous, puffed-up penguin? Your friends make peace. Have a shake on me. Joke a day keeps the gloom away. What was that universal greeting again? Never mind, I remember. Ba weep grana, weep ninny bong. Hey guys, it's Rodimus Primal, and be sure to check out my YouTube channel. Join me as I have Transformers discussions, retrospectives, toy reviews, and more. You can also follow me on Twitter at Rodimus Primal, as well as Facebook and Instagram at Rodimus Primal Show. Transform and roll out, and be sure to check out my content. Till all are one. Last big party of the summer, folks. Let's go out with a bang. One of the primary themes of ToyCast is that we focus on times past. We are who we are today because of the nostalgic memories and experiences from our childhood. Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if it weren't for the toys that make us so addicted to nostalgia. Times Past Collectibles in Chicago, Illinois is your primary go-to collectible store to reclaim the toys that drove those memories and experiences. Specializing in action figures from all of your favorite toy lines like Star Star Wars, G.I. Joe, He-Man, Transformers, Silverhawks, Ghostbusters, TMNT, Mask, and more. Get your dose of nostalgia with a shop run by collectors for collectors. Whether you are looking for loose G.I. Joe, Ice Cream Soldier, a packaged Leonardo, recent Star Wars Black Series figures, or an AFA-graded Boba Fett, Times Past Collectibles is bringing you back to your childhood. Visit the shop at 1450 North Ashland Ave in Chicago, just two blocks south of Ashland and North Ave. Call the shop at 847-830-1031 or email timespasscollectibles1982 at gmail.com. You can also find them on Facebook. Just search Times Past Collectibles because, folks, it's past time that you get your collectibles. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, folks, we are back here on ToyCast episode 158 with Dan from Rock Nerd Radio. Hope everyone enjoyed the commercial break. Hopefully I made it a short one. Try not to make those things too long because people will tune out. All right, questions 21 to 42. Are you ready, sir? I'm set. I got a, uh, I got a soda here with me to give me some energy, keep my throat uh, you know, moistened up, and I think I'm ready to go. Uh Say it uh, usually before. Usually, when I start recordings, when I do the, the the intro, it's like I either slap myself or I'm like, okay, drink them if you got them or whatever. Kind of, it's like whatever, whatever you got to do to get ready for that for that opening. It's like you know. All right, question twenty one. So, question twenty twenty one is kind of like the opposite. So, here's the toy box challenge. You get one 18 by eighteen by eighteen box. The only toys you can keep have to fit in the box. What can you pack into it? Oh boy, that's uh, that's tough. <laughs> you know, I, I I feel like I get to cheat a little bit because of Transformers. Uh, you know, they they change their size. So well, whereas Fort Max is like twenty three inches tall, if I transform him, he'd be significantly tinier. So uh, so I'd, I'd probably put Fort Max in there because that's uh, that's a pretty important one. Uh, um. Uh, oh man, Just, what else would I? Some of my favorite stuff that I would put in if, if like that was the only box I had, I was going to move or something. Um, I, I'd say Ford Max. I'm sticking with Fortress Maximus. Um, probably like a Marvel Legends Ghost Rider with a motorcycle because that could fit in there. Um, you know, it, it would it would just be filled with like my favorite Transformers and Marvel Legends type characters. Uh, maybe a couple vintage things that. I've had since I was a kid that I, I've never really learned to let go of. Um, I came across the other day my my vintage uh, Thundercats Mumra, the Malloway one, where he was you know in the like the mummy. Um, so yeah. like so, I'd probably throw him in there because that's a neat one. Uh, if I could fit a full Voltron in there, I'd probably throw in a Voltron. <laughs> so I think the only way you're going to fit a Voltron in there is if it's one of those. I don't want to say mini mates, but that's all I can think of. Like one of the more mini, like just like the, for example, let's just say Jada Toys, just like they've done with their Transformers stuff. They put out a nano metal fig of Voltron where it's like two and a half to three inches and it's die cast yeah. and all that. But yeah. you know, I, 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 have, yeah. I have a couple different like original Voltrons in my collection. Um, I do have the one that. Uh, they, um, when, when the Netflix show started airing, they did like the uh, they mm-hmm. did the Netflix lions, and then they did like the classic lions. So I bought the classic lions on discount because they they were getting priced out at places. Um, so I bought them, and uh, you know, like they they, they I, I don't want to say transform, but I'm going to say transform. Um, kind of yeah, nicely so the, where they they fold yeah. up kind of nice to make the arms and the legs and stuff. So if if you took Voltron mm-hmm. apart. And into the individual robots, but then kept them where their arms, you know, or their legs are folded up. It it might fit. That might fit in a box. So, yeah. Only thing I can hear in my head is 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 voice of Neil Ross as Keith from the classic series. 
Dino Therms. What dino the Therms fuck is a Dino Therm? You know, <laughs> like, they, they probably made up so much of what they were saying just to sound like techno oh, yeah. space jargon. You know, <laughs> Infracells yeah. up, and Dino I mean, Therms connected, Mega Thrusters are go. Yep. It's sad. It, it's I mean, sad that I know so much of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, we're all fans, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, true. and 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 that's the thing. Like transforming toys are toys that change from one. Th- like that was the '80s, not just Transformers specifically, but I, I, I mean, what else are you going to call it? Like, you know, you have, and at least you know the lions aren't. The lions don't have ro- their own like robot forms. They're just lions that then that then combine, yeah, you know, combine into this me- Megazord of oops. Sorry. Hey, it's the inspiration for Megazord. So one of the that's inspirations true. for Megazord. That is very, very true. I, 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 I remember. I remember this day. I was 13 years old. Saw that very first episode back. Oh God! Almost next year is 30 years of Power Rangers. Holy crap! In the states, uh, at least. I think they've been out in Japan a little longer. So. Well, yes, but let's face it. I mean, when I say Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, that's everyone true. always assumes that it's yeah. yeah. So yeah, next year is the the 30th anniversary of Mighty Morphin of the TV show Jeez. and everything else. And I remember the first time I saw that that Megazord, more so the head than anything else. Even though Voltron's head really didn't look like that, but I'm like, hey, that's Optimus Prime and Voltron combined because the obviously the Megazord has a yeah. base plate on it and whatever else. But like. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. As long as you can fit one Voltron in the yeah, box, right. pa- <laughs> but, but just just going back to Power Rangers real quick, and I apologize for the tangent, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a show. I, I think I, if next year it's thirty years, I guess I was eight when it came out. So I was in like third ish grade when Power Rangers hit, and I remember thinking like, this is like Voltron but live action. Um, cause you know, very, yeah. very much monster of the week, you know, big robot combined, yep. slice it in half the end. Um, yeah. But I, but I remember like trying to get into Power Rangers and really enjoying it. Like my parents never bought me any Power Rangers toys cause they were like, you play with your X-Men. That's fine. Um, but, uh, I, I never like, and, and that was something that I kind of let go of as I got older. Like I didn't stick with Power Rangers and I have friends who, especially through opportunities like the, uh, the lightning collection that Hasbro's doing now who like, just yep. never gave up on it, and like not that they're like super nerdy, and they, you know they're, they're they're not dressing up as the Power Rangers or anything and going to conventions. Yeah, but like they still have that deep love for it. Where I'm like, I have a deep love for Voltron, but not so much the Power Rangers. <laughs> See, yeah. So I I fully believe, and this is my own personal opinion. If you were born in 1980, which I was, you are equipped to grow up on one section and then as you get older you find another so i was four by the time voltron came out i was 13 by the time power rangers came out and within those five years there's so much that happens between them but i could still look at power rangers and be like hey it's the 90s version of voltron even though whatever uh and i just absolutely like i i had latched onto the Power Rangers thing and, and everything else and nice. I still somewhere somewhere I have a photo. I don't know if it's on Facebook or not, but somewhere I have a photo of myself in nineteen ninety five, right after the movie premiered, 
Uh, it was probably was it ninety. Yeah, it was, no, it was ninety five. I don't think I actually saw. I had to wait the six months to whatever how long it took to get to VHS, but I don't remember seeing the movie in theaters. But I remember going to Toys R Us and grabbing that Ninja Falcons yep. or just the Falcons or forget the re- like. Look, I I don't mind boogieing with the bear, but like, let's face it. Tommy Oliver is where it was at. (laughs) 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 And anything that Tommy did, like it was like emulation time. And yeah, I I have a picture of myself just looking at the, I'm holding the Falcons or just looking at it. And it's like, yeah, it's uh, it's a long time ago. Oh boy. All right. So here's the, (laughs) <laughs> this isn't necessarily the toy version of the DC versus Marvel question, but it's more of, oh boy, either you like it or you don't. And yeah, are you a Funko fan? Uh, I I don't I don't have an easy answer for this one. Because I, I, I'm going to say no, but not okay. like in a way that I despise them. You know, the, I, I have seen people who in their apartment, in their home they have a wall of just Funko boxes sitting on top of each other. And, and you know, when, when they first came out, like I knew some people who were trying to collect every Funko that came out, but then they diversified in so much. They have licenses to every friggin' property out there. I, I don't think people could keep up. And, um, and I'm, I'm an opener like, like we talked about. So I, I, I mm-hmm. take them out of the box. I don't like to keep them in their boxes. Um, but I, I have a few, I have very strict limits on what I'm going to be buying when it comes to Funko stuff because, you know, I'd rather divert my money towards Transformers and, like, traditional action figures. Yeah, Um, yeah. I don't hate them, but I'm not one of the crazy people who's going to stand online for them. And I'm not saying crazy (laughs) to be, like, derogatory, but... No, no, you're... You know, I had... One of my wife's friends a couple New York Comic Cons ago... You know, my wife and I had the four-day pass, and they only had weekend tickets. And she was like, oh, would you mind standing online for the Funko and, you know, at the Funko booth and getting this exclusive for my boyfriend? And I was like, yeah, I can go stand online, no problem. And it, it, it didn't click what they were asking. So, like, first thing Thursday, I went to the Funko booth, and there was, like, no one there. So I got online, and somebody was like, what are you doing? I was like, getting online for the exclusive. And they're like, did you pay to have a ticket? And I was like, no. And they're like, listen, if you want to pay for a ticket, it's over there. And then you have like a six hour wait time. And I was like, nope, your friend's not getting her fun code. You know, sorry, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm not waiting six hours on the line. I'd rather walk the showroom yeah, floor. So yeah, th- there, there it, are people who yeah. were like sell their souls and their whole day to getting like that one fun code. That is not me. So. I am a Funko fan, as many people have heard. I ask this question every episode of The Origins and whatever else. However, it's only for characters that I absolutely feel I, like I'm not buying. Like I've said this before. I use this as the best example for me as far as what I'm not a fan of. A uh, couple, couple years ago... Xfinity gave me, oh, would you like, you know, it's one of the free HBO Cinemax weekends or whatever. Like, oh, free trial. Check it out. Okay, sure, fine. So I decided to try after the show was already over, thank God. I decided to try Game of Thrones, season one, episode one. I made it through 27 minutes of them walking and doing nothing. (laughs) 
So I'm not going to be going out and buying any Funko Pop Game of Thrones characters is my point. I have zero. I don't dislike it. I don't like it. I have zero interest in Harry Potter. I'm not going to be – so like, you know, but – as you're saying this, oh, people with the walls of that, that technically is me because I have I have almost 200 of these things. Half of them are in storage, but even the ones that are in my apartment right now, there's stuff over there. There's stuff on the counter. There's stuff on the floor behind me because I haven't still haven't fully set everything up yet. I don't, I don't have the furniture from out of storage yet. So. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, but there are those people that are like, oh, my God, Funko, it's the most evil. And there are plenty of things that Funko has done recently that I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of, and that's fine and okay. And what, like, I'm sure anything I say, anything that's coming out of the, out of my voice box here, if someone could, like, like on Twitter, how you can mute words, I'm sure if someone in a podcast would mute me saying something, they would mute me saying something. But if there was anything I could do to add to YouTube is to mute every single Funko Soda video because I do not understand. Funko Pops, I get. Like, I can, like, okay, so luckily I have some of these things. Every, like, I'm looking at the Marvel 90s Black Cat. So it's styled in the Spider-Man the Animated Series Black Cat. And it's a box, yes. I can take her out of the box if I want. If I don't want to, I don't have to. But I can see her in the box. The Funko Sodas are soda cans. You can't actually see the actual figure. It's just a drawing of the figure on the soda can. Yeah. And I'm what? And people say that Funko Pops are super deformed. And they technically, I mean, big head, little body. I was going to say, if you're going to argue that that's not you a know, super deformed. we got- No, but, <laughs> well, right. But I'm saying, like... Like, you know, people will define them as that. And then I look at the sodas and I'm like, that's even more deformed than than the pops. Uh, yeah, so if I could do away with anything, it would be the Funko sodas. I, I just don't personally get it. And I'm not saying no one else should, you know, like it or whatever. I'm saying for me personally, if I could erase everything Funko soda, that would be great for my own right. online whatever. So... All right, moving away from Funko. Oh, boy. Here's hoping your wife doesn't listen to this show. What was the most money you spent on a toy? Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I have the number. I'll tell you. And uh, I, I will tell you, my, I got it before I met my wife. She's fully aware of this story. Well, and, uh, well, you yeah. know, basically my rule of thumb, and my wife is fine with this, is I, she's fine buying whatever I want to buy as long as I can still pay my half of the mortgage and pay my bills at the end of the day, you know? Um. <laughs> But no, uh, so I, a couple questions ago, I talked about getting that G1 Fortress Maximus, um, and, and it was yep. before it was reissued and stuff. It, it was 100% complete, um, you know, original stickers, amazing shape. I, it was $1,000. That's the most I've ever paid for, for a collectible. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, and I know cool. some people are probably sitting there saying, that's not that much. And, you know, that's fine. I, and well, I, I'm, I'm no. lucky enough, too, where at the time, um, I, the job that I had at the time, um, uh, my bosses knew, cause I was, as, as I mentioned, I was going through that master's program. Um, it was a small company that I worked for, very, like very small company. And my two bosses were aware that this was my goal. So when I found one on eBay, like I came in and I was kind of hemming and hawing like, Oh God, you know, there's one on eBay. I'd like to get it. And so my boss was like, tell you what, like I'll get it for you. And then we'll just take some money out of your paycheck every week until you pay back a thousand dollars. 
So like my boss okay. fronted the money for me and then, you know, I got paid every two weeks. So every two weeks I'd give him 200 bucks. So for, you know, 10 paychecks, I was missing, you know, I was down $200 and that, that paid right. for it. And like it, it, I know not everybody has the option to, to pay off things like that over time, you know, credit cards being one thing, but you know, this was obviously yeah. no interest. My bosses did it. So, um, yeah. So like doing that made it not hurt nearly as bad. Cause it was just like, okay, yeah. Like two extra $200 missing from my paycheck. I'll be fine. You know, like it, it's not like I was spending my entire paycheck on stuff. So it, it, it yeah. worked out real well. And, um, you know, it is definitely the, the craziest amount of money I've ever spent on anything. But, uh, you know, with things like Haslabs and stuff, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer again to dropping some big money. So, uh, you know, hopefully never, ne- I never drop that much again, but, uh, that, that, that was the most. Yeah. And to make this even straight, like a thousand dollars for an original G1 Fort Max that's, you know, pretty much complete and all the stickers and everything else for a thousand dollars, that to me is actually a steal if you think about it. But, uh, so I forget, oh, I was watching one of these other Funko people on YouTube, and they were talking about what the what one of the most expensive Funko Pops is, and it is a E3 2018 exclusive limited to 1,500 pieces of Supersonic. Uh, this is a regular, this is actually a Shadow the Hedgehog Super, mm-hmm. so it's shadow in yellow and red. Now, keep in mind, this is the standard Funko Pop. This is not a 10-inch. This is not a large. It's the 3-, 4-inch figure. According to the Funko app, it is valued at $1,170. Yeah, and and maybe it's just because I don't have the mindset of a Funko collector. And again, no offense. Yeah, no, 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 I know. The Fortress Maximus is 24 inches, you know, 22 inches tall. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. To a spaceship, to a city. It has play features, it has gimmicks, it has an elevator. It's got this, you know, it's got a a head that turns into another robot, and that little robot's head also turns into an even Mm -hmm. tinier robot. So, like, there's so much play in, like, a Fort Max. Oh, yeah, no. Whereas, to me, a Funko, it's just, especially when at that price, I would keep that in the box, and you're just looking at it. Like, I don't, yeah. I, I, I have trouble wrapping my brain around that. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, especially since it's a licensed character, yeah. it's not just Freddy Funko. As I'm perfectly fine with some of those, their own mascots being that kind of limited edition thing, but it is what it is. On the flip side, what's the cheapest toy you bought or what was the best deal you oh, ever man. got for a the figure? The best deal I ever got for a figure... Um, I mean, in retrospect, now, when I bought the Marvel Legends Dragon Man at, like, $30 or $25 back when that first came out, um, Mm -hmm. because the guy who was running the collectible store got a case of those figures in, he's like, this is a bigger one. I have to charge you more. Like, you know, that was a great deal, because that figure now sells carded for, like, $450, so that that was great. Um, But, no, you know, I've gotten some some great deals in my life to say I've kept track of all of them I, I don't think I'd be able to but uh, uh the actually quite recently I was in a uh, a it's a vintage toy and video game store uh, a friend of mine is up near Albany New York so I was up by this in this store it's called vortex video games and I uh, I traded in some Marvel Legends that I you know was I no longer felt like I needed and uh, he gave me a bunch of store credit and um, I, I I got a couple like vintage masters of the universe stuff 
for probably like in, in at the end of the day, maybe I paid 40 to 50 bucks for it. And it's stuff that I know goes for a significant, I don't want to say significantly, but more than that. So that felt like a good deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's weird to say like what a good deal is anymore. Cause I feel like so many people rely on eBay as to what stuff is worth. And so many yeah. of those people don't even check the sold listings. They just look at what the current ones are. So they, they'll say, oh, yeah, they just, this figure's yeah. worth $75. You know, here it is on eBay. It's like, yeah, that's a listing that's been sitting for two and a half months. If you go to the sold ones, the last highest sold one was like, you know, $45. Oh, well, you know, I want 70 Well, then I'm not going to pay you. You know, like it, it yeah, happens no. so much. And I hate that people use eBay. And, and I'll admit sometimes if I'm not sure what something is worth, if I'm selling it, I'll go to eBay and then I'll kind of aim like $10 lower than the highest last sold because, you know. Yeah, but like you said, you are you are actually doing your research. You're not just going to, like, if I sit here and do a, a eBay search on Transformers 1986 or 80s, no, it was 87, I think, when Rodimus, whenever Rodimus Prime came out, but the original vintage Rodimus right. Prime, and I'm only looking at whatever the listings are, that's not what the figure is. No, you have to you have to go down, you have to click the sold section and look at what it's sold for because that's the only way you can then go to somewhere and say, hey, I would like to make you an offer based on this last sold price, etc., right. etc. And, you know, going along with that idea too, um, you know, if, if you can... I know this doesn't apply to everybody, but if there mm-hmm. are any vintage toy stores in your area with trustworthy people or people that you've gotten to know, whatever, go to them. Um, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm cutting a PSA here, but like, no, it's but true. Really, like the the you know the vintage toy store people are going to have, in my opinion and, and in my experience, generally better deals than people on eBay and even people at conventions. Because when you're at a convention, you know you got to pay for that table. So sometimes like people yep. aren't willing to budge because if they're at something like New York Comic Con being a big one, but even you know a smaller convention, they they want to make back what they paid for that table. So you know if yeah. they haven't hit their fifty dollars a day or seventy dollars a day yet, they're not going to be willing to make any deals. And I'm not trying to vilify anybody who does this. You know I completely get that you want to make money back. Yeah. So um you know but like at a vintage toy store that's there all the time. You know if they rent or own the space. They're not going to sit here and like, you know, be like, oh, no, this is so marked up. Like they're going to have prices that are a little bit, a little nicer, I'm going to say. And sometimes they're willing to make some deals with you. Like uh, a friend of mine, uh, uh, same friend, actually, upstate from me. Uh, he just found a new vintage store that opened up and like, you know, he went and he was buying a couple things. And the guy was like, oh, tell you what, uh, you know, you're, you're getting all five of these. This one's free. You know, like the, the people will do stuff like that, which goes a long way, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, it's all about deal making, and especially the the convention stuff, man. Like, like you said, those people that are there selling their toys, whatever toys they are, whether they're vintage, modern, whether if they're regular or if they're Funkos, they still have to pay for that table. And as long as they've, you know, usually it's like whatever the let's just say 
traditionally Sunday is the last day of most cons. Yep. Usually Sunday as they're packing deal, yeah. up, like like that's that's the time when you go for deals at conventions is Sunday when they're packing everything up and they don't want, oh my God, like, yeah, I've paid for my table and everything else, but I don't want to go home with all this stock. So and, if you're willing to take these 20 Funkos for this, like, and, and that's you kind know, of the double-edged sword too, because, you know, there are some vendors at, at cons that, you know, are a store. So they might have yeah. 30 of this one thing in stock and, you know, it's not going to sell out. And then the last day, maybe they make you a deal. But every now, you know, a lot of them are just independent businesses, whatever. So if by that last day, it's like, oh, I'll get the deal. They might not have that item anymore. And I've experienced both where like on the, the last day of a con, I get stuff for cheap. But I've also experienced where they've had it all weekend and I go Sunday ready to be like, all right, here comes my like $15 less offer. And they're like, oh, it, it just yep. sold. It's like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's that that kind of sucks. Yeah. So when you do visit toy shows or conventions, what is your like? What's your your game plan? Do you bring a set amount of money? Do you you know? Are you aiming for specific things like between let's say San Diego, Emerald City, and New York? Those are three different, very big conventions that maybe not all the same vendors are going to be at all three. So obviously you're going to have to look for different stuff. What's the Dan game plan for comms? Um, so I, I've gotten in, in, in the habit of bringing a set amount of money that I don't really want to spend out of, you know, like, and it, it's going to vary per show that I go to, like something like New York comic con, I'm going to bring a little more money because there's going to probably be, you know, I might get a sketch from an artist. I might, uh, you know, get, try to find some kind of collectible thing and, I know it might be a little more expensive, but then I go to smaller conventions and I don't bring as much money. Um, it, it's I, the time of me having any more of a game plan other than this set amount of money has kind of gone away because, you know, I, I've been collecting for a long time now and I'm not someone who just willy nilly is like, oh, you know what? I've decided I need all of this all of a sudden, you know, like I have certain collection, little micro collections of things that I've built up over time. And if I'm missing, you know, something from that, I might you know, keep a photo of it on my phone in like a folder, like, you know, toy to track down or something like that. And if I see it, yeah. you know, great. I might, I might look for that at certain booths. Like let's say I'm looking for like a vintage Masters of the universe character. You know, if I see a, a booth that has He-Man stuff, even if it's just accessories, I might go and I might kind of, you know, look at that and see if I can find what I'm looking for. It's really going to depend on each show and what it is I'm looking for. Um, but I used to go in with like a list of like, all right, like here are all the figures I want to find and here are all the comics I want to find. And, you know, like, and, and but I, I, I started feeling defeated if I didn't find it all. So that's why now I'm kind of like, you know what, like, here's a loose list. If I find it great, if not, Hey, whatever. And I'm only human. There are times that I'll be, I'll be at a convention and here's something that I'd never even thought that I wanted or never forgot existed. And I'd see it and I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. And that's, you know, a good price. I'll pick that up. Like, it happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What modern and or vintage toys, toy lines are you currently collecting right now? Um, You've mentioned Transformers and He-Man, but what yeah, others? Yeah, so, like, mo modern toys is definitely, you know, the new Transformers and Marvel Legends. That That's pretty much the most of modern. Um, I, I did mention He-Man. I'm very strict with my Masters of the Universe collecting. I love the Evil Horde. So those are the only characters I buy. Um, so if they are any type of Horde member, that's what I'm buying. 
Um, so I know like with Masters of the Universe Origins, they, you know, they just put out Leech and Mantena. Um, and I know with the, uh, with the Masterverse line, they're putting out like Hordak and Catra as they appeared in the uh, Princess of Power Shira cartoon. So like that stuff, you know, I'm just buying the Horde members. So I'm keeping that small again, like another micro collection. When it comes to vintage stuff, um, I, I recently got the bug because of this Horde collecting to try to find original, you know, 80s Horde members. So I'm trying to find certain members of the Horde and, and you know, put them in like a very original Messes of the Universe like display. I had a Hordak, a Leech, Grizzlor, and Mantena from when I was a kid. So I had like some of the big names. So now it's about tracking down some of the, the other names. But... uh there's that. And then the, the other thing is I really love uh, the Secret Wars toy line. And I do have a fully complete Secret Wars collection of all the characters, all the play sets, all the vehicles. But um, I, I, I'm a very amateur customizer. Uh, I don't sell any of my stuff because it's just for me. I, I'm not comfortable selling things to people because I, I don't think I have the best skill out of, you know, that, that some people have. So uh, I ever if I can find like some junker Secret Wars toys or like bad paint or whatever, I'll buy them for on, on the cheap and I'll try to make them you know into customs of different characters. So I, I kind of spend some some time doing that. So very cool, very cool. Now you do know that since you mentioned you're a Horde fan, and you have to have most of every Horde thing, I have to tell you. Between Hordak and Grizzlor and Leech, there are plenty of Horde Funko Pops. They even released a Horde Funko Pop Trooper where you could probably buy like 10 of them and have a Horde Troop army. And, and <laughs> no, knowing I actually have a number of the, I, I think I have all the Horde Funko Pops. And as I said, like I keep my Funko buying very, very, very limited. Right. Um, you know, because like I grew up, uh, you know, my brothers were big He-Man fans. I was a He-Man fan. Like I could buy all those He-Man Funko Pops, but again, I just really like the Horde. Um, New York Comic Con many, many years ago, um, when like pops were getting big, um, I remember just being in a Funko Pop booth and they had a Hordak, and I was like, I like Hordak, I'll buy this Funko Pop. So I did, and now you know, mm -hmm. here we are. However many years later, I think last summer, I was in like a Walmart and I was like, oh look, there's a Mantena Funko Pop. Like I could get behind that, and then I was like, how many Horde Funko Pops are there? So I have all the ones that are currently out. Um, but again, now that I'm buying like Horde figures proper, part of me is like, maybe I sell all my Horde Funko Pops. I, I don't really know if I need them anymore. Um, and, and that's the that's kind of the way I am with a lot of. And again, I'm not trying to be negative, but with a lot of the Funko Pops I have, like you know, like yeah, there'd be specific. one I'd be like, oh, you know, I like Doctor Who. I'll buy Doctor Who and I'll buy the TARDIS. And oh, you know, I like. Uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to think like, uh, oh, Green Arrow, uh, the Arrowverse TV show. So I bought a Green Arrow and I bought a Flash and I bought a Reverse Flash. And now I'm just like kind of looking at them like, ah, they're just kind of space that I could be displaying. You know, I bought a Voltron one and then I bought a combining transforming Voltron. What do I need a little tiny Voltron Funko Pop for? So I, I, there might. I call Dan. Hey, hey, man, you know what? If, if you want, I'll, I'll send you a list of what I got. Anything you want, I'll just send it up to you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. What do you think it is about our generation that causes our childhood toys to mean so much more to us than, for instance, our parents' generation? You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I, part of me thinks that it's the constant re, 
reinvention of some of the stuff. Like, you know, my, my, my dad, like his favorite cartoon growing up was like Rocky and Bullwinkle. And mm-hmm. I was the only reason why I'm aware of Rocky and Bullwinkle was that in the 90s, Nickelodeon had it on in the afternoon. So I'd get home from school. I'd watch Rocky and Bullwinkle. I'd watch it on the weekends. And my dad would like double, you know, he did like a double take. And he was like, this was my cartoon. How are you watching that? But in terms, but aside from like a, another movie or two and maybe an animated series, I'm not even sure. Rocky and Bullwinkle was never really reinvented. Like, how are you going to change those characters? How can you make them fun and interesting? Whereas our stuff is reinvented. Like, you know, He-Man alone, I, I apologize for keep going, keeping always going to him. But, you know, like there was the 80s Masters of the Universe and there was the new adventures in the early 90s, which flopped. And then He-Man was gone for a while. But then the 2000X series, like... I, I, that is my favorite bit of He-Man television. Like that's awesome. And then you know now there are two Netflix shows with He-Man. So He-Man's constantly being reinvented. Thundercats has been reinvented. Um, and, and sort of, and, sort of. You know, and 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 then there's been you know just like nostalgia lines. I was in a Walmart the other day, and they have those new McFarlane DC figures that are on the superpower cards. So, yep. you know, if, if you were a superpowers collector, if you if you have any faintest memory of that, you might see that dark side or that Batman or that Superman or whoever else is in that line, Green Lantern. And you might say, like, now maybe you're a parent. Oh, man, I'll get this for my kid. You know, it'll be like the toys I had when I was a kid or or it might just be like, oh, man, like I want this to relive my childhood. I like, you know, my, my parents like howdy doody or whatever. Like there was never like a howdy doody like you know, movie universe or action figure universe that they could relive their childhood with, you know? So I I, I feel like it's just with else. They kept pushing that nostalgia, you know, GI Joe transformers. And yeah, I I also feel like part of our generation and, and by all means, you know, let me know what you think on this, but I feel like part of our Mm -hmm. generation wants to hold on to that stuff to maybe remind you of the simpler times when you were a kid, things like that. You know, when my parents were kids, like they were kids and then they grew up and that was it. You know, like I don't feel like they ever felt like they had to hold on to their childhood where a lot of us really, you know, especially current collectors, like you never wanted to let go. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like in the, usually the snarky answer to the question is, well, our parents didn't have all these toys, (laughs) you know, our parents only had going to school, playing outside, playing with your friends. Whereas let's say late seventies, all throughout the nineties, it's like, stay inside, play your video games, play with your toys, have your friends over, but heaven forbid you go outside and be in front of that evil sun God thing or whatever (laughs) it is, you know, like, I mean, Yes, my mom did always, and I, I was an outside kid as much as I was, I was more of an inside kid than I was an outside kid, but I still, as an only child, I still kicked the soccer ball up against the garage every day. I still went out and tried to play softball or baseball or whatever, field hockey, whatever, every every time I could, every, you know, as long as it wasn't winter in Massachusetts, you could kind of do that. Yeah. Yeah, and kind of and, thing. You know, I, I grew up in a cul-de-sac, so and every family in the cul-de-sac <laughs> on the street had oh. had kids, and they, we were all around the same age, so we were outside all the time. But yeah, you know, on, so on it isn't like we weren't. Stuff, yeah, you'd be inside playing. Yeah, with exactly. Your toys, you know, or yeah. at night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so it isn't like the '80s generation wasn't outside. It's just that our parents and grandparents and people before us 
they didn't have all of this awesomeness that we have had over the last almost 30, 40 yeah. years. You know, this is what it is. What is your motivation for purchasing toys to display, play, fiddle? Describe your collecting style. Are you more of a completionist, storyteller, a cherry picker, or otherwise? Um, so it, it's definitely for display and a little bit of fiddling. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to like my motivation, if I'm a completionist or not, there there was a time that I that collect them all mentality was you know ingrained in me, and, and you know because all the figures you used to buy at the back of the box, collect them all and show you nice shots of all the upcoming figures and stuff. And you know, this is pre-internet, so you'd walk into a KB mm-hmm. and you'd or a Toys R Us and you'd see a character you hadn't seen before, and the first thing I would do would would be to look on the back of the package to see what other new characters I didn't know about and then kind of scour the shelves. Like, oh, there's this guy. Hang on. Do I see this guy? And you're like frantically look because you get all excited. Um, So, yeah, like I I used to be the collect them all. I wanted every figure. Um, Marvel Legends is what Marvel Legends and Transformers are are both what broke that for me. Um, Marvel Legends at some point, you know, like when I started buying them, they were $10 each. Then they went up to 15 yep. Then they hovered around 20 for a while. Now they're like 25 each. And if I'm looking at a full wave of seven figures, you know, that's over 200 bucks. And sometimes I just don't want every figure in there, you know, and like they, they, they get you with the builder figures. It happens all the time for me, at least. Um, yeah. like, you know, there's an upcoming Avengers wave by the time this airs, it's probably out with the controller as the builder figure. And I didn't want everybody in the wave. And luckily someone is hooking me up with a piece from one of the characters I didn't want. So hopefully I'll have a, I'll have a complete controller, but, um, yeah, it, it's just like, you know, when, when they incentivize getting things, it's, you, you want to get them all, but at some point you just can't afford it. And then when it comes to transformers, you know, they've been really, uh, I've been really lucky that in my recollecting of Transformers, which started in the mid 2000s, um, you know, they, they've stuck to a lot of the generation one characters and those are the characters mm-hmm. that I really identify with. So like now the, they're putting out like characters from, from the Cybertron trilogy, from uh, the Armada show, from Beast Wars. And I have no problem with those shows, but those aren't the ones that I want to collect so, like, I'm not going to sit here yeah. and buy every Transformer just to have it. Like, you know, they, 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 yeah. there's a new Voyager-class Starscream coming out, and he's, a, uh, he's, he's how he looked in the Armada cartoon. I have no problem with Armada, Armada but it's not a Starscream I need to have. So, like, I'm not going to buy yeah. it just to buy it. I'm going to buy it because I actually yeah. want to have that on my shelf. And in that particular case of this, you know, Starscream, I don't need it on my shelf. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing with these franchises and intellectual properties that have been around for three, four, five, six, seven decades, because we will get to a point where at some point when I've become even more of an old man than I already am, I'll be talking like this and I'll be like, oh my God, it's about to celebrate 60 years of Transformers. Like at some point in those, at, at this point, for almost four decades, there's something in the brand for everybody, oh, yeah. and not everything has to be for everybody. Right. Like, you know, no one is is putting a gun to any of our heads saying you must buy all the toys, no matter what. Like, right. that's just not how business. This is not how things work. Right. And and so, you know, I got a friend like at San Diego Comic Con this year. They they announced a new Transformers cartoon show. It's coming to Paramount Plus. It's produced by Nickelodeon. 
And, you know, a friend of mine was like, aren't you mad? It looks like it's for kids. And I was like, well, A, the brand's always been for kids. We've just never let go. But B, like, no, I'm not mad. I'm like, because if anything, like, I'll check the show out. If I don't like it, I don't like it. I'm not going to, you know, hit my chest about it and, you know, put, make angry Twitter posts about it. But, you know, I just, again, like, I don't have to buy these figures. Like, someone might be into yeah. it. That'll be cool. You know, I got, I got some, I got a niece and nephews. Maybe they'll be into it. And maybe that'll be, mm-hmm. you know, their favorite Transformers. And that's great. And I'll talk about it with them and if they want to play with their transformers when i come over like yeah that's fine i'll sit i'll get on the floor i'll play with transformers with you but like you know like it, it i don't have to have it all and i, and I can accept when things change and and like you know even recently and i know this might be controversial there was that thundercats roar show i, I checked yes. out a couple episodes it was silly you know, I, I didn't love it. I watched one episode right. and I was like, nope, and, and that's the thing that, that's me. perfectly fine. But all these people were like, oh, you're destroying my childhood. Like, no, the original show still exists. It's on freaking Hulu, for Christ's sake. Like, don't yeah. sit here and be like, oh, you're I'm- ruining everything. Because maybe some little kid is going to discover Thundercats that way. And maybe they'll really enjoy the show. So I, I get so <laughs> sick of these people who have and like uh, yeah. that friend who I mentioned for this new Transformer show. He was the same way. Like the preview came out and he was like, LOL, this is crap. I'll bet you'll hate it. And I was like, why do you take pleasure in me? Like, why do you like, I'm not someone who comes off like, oh, I hate this. And I want everyone to know, like, that's not my personality. So I was like, why do you think I always have to hate something? Like, I can just be indifferent. I can just not care, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's where I am now. Like, if I see something that I don't like, okay, maybe I don't like it based off of the – and again, for me, and I say this every single – I've said this in every single podcast I've ever recorded when it gets around to this kind of discussion for the last 14 years. Trailers, commercials, they're supposed to be advertisements to either get us to like it or to show us that, hey, maybe we're, this isn't for us. That's the whole point. But it doesn't mean like, yeah. So for me, the way I look at like, I'll take, okay, I'll, I'll take Motu because it's the easiest and then I'll go into a more in-depth thing here in a second. Masters of the Universe, 83 started with Formation. In the 90s, you had New Adventures, as you've already said. 2002, we had the, the Mike Young mm-hmm. series, and then we didn't have anything up until the Netflix Shira show, and now we have the Kevin Smith version and the, in my personal opinion, the better CGI version. Because I personally feel, and again, this is something I've said in every podcast recently, filmation to us in the 80s is to what I personally think the CGI version of He-Man now is to what kids our age then are are now if you so basically the cgi version is the one you want your kids to be growing up on right now like we grew up on the filmation one with transformers and turtles it's more of a transformers specifically but turtles it's more of a hmm what's going on in this era of animation right like the 80s obviously you had that traditional standard not traditional but that that more you know 2d style you know cell animation stuff 2003 you had all of that you've got uh what what are the let's see 2003 what was that uh 2012 the new the first new Mm -hmm. nickelodeon show and now you've got rise of the tmnt i saw the current movie that they put out but when i first saw the actual animation style for the show i was like 
nearly almost 30 years, 40, 40 plus years of turtles, I can safely say there's plenty of other turtles things for me. This animation style for the rise of the TMNT is not for me. So I'm just going to let people enjoy it. If they enjoy, enjoy it. I'm, I'm just, it, it, I'm not going to pay any attention to it. It's not for yeah, me. Yeah. And that, the, that's the, the best the deeper way to do it. Yeah, and the deeper part of that is Transformers. For the forty years the gener- the, 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 the the franchise has been around, almost it is pun intended, constantly transforming and oh, changing. absolutely. You got G one. Technically, there is no G two cartoon other than that opening animation because that yeah, was just rehashes. Of G1. But you know, whatever. So, so you got G one. You got Beast Wars. You got Beast Machines. You've got you got the um, whole Unicron trilogy. You got you got the whole Unicron trilogy. You got Prime. You got animated. There's so much. You have all these like all of these might have some similar aspects to the original. Like animated is the perfect example. It was kind of a love letter to the original G. At least the first first couple episodes Mm -hmm. where they were leaving the planet and all that and. It was different, but it was still you could still see the imprint of G one on the show kind of thing, and it's constantly changing. It's constant. Like I'm interested in checking out the Earth Sparks yeah. show. You know that's fine. I'll check it. I I I run this show. I run. I help run another Transformers podcast, so I kind of have to at least check it out. Uh, but yeah, no, like the, these people that just like, oh my god, I I can't believe that, like. It's not the end of the world. There's still the past 40 years of content that you can go check out and find something you exactly. like. And because, I mean, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter, too, is for any of these franchises, if you were telling the same stories about the same characters for the past 30 some odd years, even you as, as a perceived diehard fan would get bored. Like if I was watching Optimus Prime fight the Decepticons every week since 1984, you know, eventually, like, I, you wouldn't care. Like, how many stories can you tell? So that's why, you know, other other entertainment, whether it be comics or a new series or a movie, they try to tell yeah. a different story while keeping the core ideas in check because that's what they got to do, you know? Yeah, and that's going to come into question down the line here when it comes to the toy companies. Okay. But next up, have you, you mentioned you have nieces and nephews, so these next two are going to be interesting. Have you ever purchased a toy for a child with the ulterior motive of playing with it yourself? Uh, <laughs> not yet. Um, I, I, the, the, the stuff that I've given my niece and nephews, it, it is solely for them. Um, my nephew, my younger nephew, my youngest nephew, um, you know, he, he's still at that age where when he, you know, and they, they don't live close. I have to travel to see him. So w- when I do okay. get to see him, he might kind of excitedly be like, here's what you got me. Isn't it so cool? And then I get to like kind of fuss with it. And it's like, oh yeah, that is neat. I'm glad you like it. But I haven't bought anything for them. So I could be like, oh, I hope I can play with it too. Um, yeah. I've definitely like growing up, uh, especially like in college, um, I would give like a friend a video game for a birthday, knowing that it was multiplayer in hopes that they'd be like, <laughs> hey, we should all come over and play this game. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, sounds like a great idea. You know? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, it, it's it's so funny. And then that, that question always reminds me of the times that, you know, parents or uncles or whatever, like, oh, here you go, but secretly, you know, if you want to let me check that, like, it's kind of like the whole Halloween candy thing. Like, 
here, let me make sure the candy's okay before you play with it kind of thing. So on the flip side of that, have you ever purchased a vintage toy for a child because you thought it would be fun based on your own preferences? Huh. Have I? Um, I don't think I have. I, I know like recently for my nephew's birthday, he, he, he got in like Godzilla. So, so my sister-in-law was like, Oh, he made like an Amazon wish list, And one of them was like, it was like, I, I forget the company that makes it, but like those like big, like rubber Godzilla figures that like maybe only the hands yeah. and the head might move or something. Um, it's like he wanted one of them. And so like, those were things that I remember seeing forever. So I was like, I will happily buy this vintage thing for my nephew, somewhat vintagey thing for my nephew. And like, he loves yeah. it. Apparently he stomps around the house with it and, you know, roars in everyone's face. So it's adorable. I, I have yet to actually see him in action doing that, but, uh, yeah, but so, you know, like, it, it, again, if it's going to make him happy, great. Like, if one of my nephews or my niece turned around and said, like, I want a G1 Optimus Prime, and, like, I know my brothers would immediately be like, yo, can you get on this? So, so I, like, let, me, let me make it happen, you know? Like, I'd find a way to, yeah. to work that out, even if it's a reissue or something, but, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm the same way. I have all these nieces and, well, not nieces and nephews, I have all these cousins and things and and they, they've had kids over the years, and most of their kids are growing up now. I think one of them just graduated oh, high wow. school. Oh, God, I'm old. So anyway, but yeah, I mean, if I, you know, if I had, you know, like my youngest cousin, Cassie, she and her husband just had their fourth child, fifth child. I don't, I don't remember. They finally had a son after like three girls. So I'm like, ooh a new mold to mind <laughs> when it comes to transformers. And they, they, they live up in Massachusetts and I'm in here in Indiana. But like, if I was going to send that kid one thing to impress upon them, G one Astro train, it, it's got most, I mean, yes, there's plastic in this thing, but like I'm holding it right now, this black piece on it. That's the die cast oh, yeah. part. That's the metal part. It's like, you know, you know, cause Diecast construction, it's a lost art. Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, no, absolutely. So you kind of already answered question 31, so I think we can kind of skip this one, but I'll ask it anyway. You said you were kind of bad at it, so you don't do it. Do you do any toy modifications or customs? Uh, I mean, I, 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 I really do, but it's all for my own um, purposes. Okay. Like, there's, there are people... I don't, who, I don't mean to insult you if you say... You want, no, I'm no, sorry, no, 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 not, not, not okay. an insult. No, not at all. No, it, it's all for my own stuff. You know, I got a friend who I kind of got him into customizing, and he he's mm-hmm. just very talented. He's, like, naturally talented at it. So now he's selling his stuff, you know, via Instagram and... You know, people contact him about making custom GI Joes and stuff, and I'm glad that that's working out for him. My stuff, I make it mostly because I don't have an official representation of that character yet, and it's just yeah. for my own display. I rarely will post about my customs on social media, uh, more so on my Instagram than anything. But I don't love posting about it. I've never had any like anyone coming at me being like, "This sucks, and you should stop." Every customizer I've ever talked to has been like, hey, that's great. You know, your technique is improving, blah, 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 whatever. You know, my friends who I send pictures to, they're very um, they're very uh, supportive of it. My wife is very supportive of it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's more just for my own pleasure. I would never go and try to sell it unless somebody, like, really loved what I did. 
Um, and in, in that mm-hmm. case, I'd probably sell them the thing I made. I wouldn't be like, okay, yeah, let me remake this for you. I'd be like, just take this one and I'll make another one. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Here's that uh, ultimate question when it comes to toy companies. Do you think toy companies should specifically have adult collector toys, child toys, or find a way to mix both? I th- you know, I think they, they're already doing that mix both. Um, yeah. You know, like, cause like you, you look at something like Hasbro and I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say Marvel just for the hell of it. You know, Marvel legends. Now they're going for 25 bucks a pop. Um, and you know, when they do these special edition ones, like the, the Spider-Man 60th anniversary or whatever year we're up to, they're like $30 each. You know, like as I, I'm not a parent, so I can't say that I, you know, I wouldn't want to spend 25 bucks on my kid if it makes them happy. But I feel like that's a harder price tag to swallow than those like open package $10 ones that are going to have five to seven points of articulation and is meant to be a played with child's toy. I, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think the adult collectors are the only collectors. I think a lot of it is still meant for kids. You know, Star Wars has a kid's line. Power Rangers has a kid's line. They all have kid's lines. Jurassic Park is, yeah. has a kid's line. You know, oh, oh, any property you can think of, there's probably some kind of kid's equivalent. So, you know, like, it, it, I, I feel like every company is doing a good balance of it. Of course, companies like NECA, they're not putting out kid's stuff. Um, no, th- there are specific companies that are f- specifically for adults. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, between NECA and some of the Super 7 stuff that Super 7 is doing, like anything that uses a in their toy packaging as their line of the ultimates, the ultimates is not for right. kids. Like that's for that's for us from Super 7. Yeah. Or, now, I think NECA, the biggest example I can probably say is the coming out of their shells stage set that they right. did for the turtles show thing. But yeah, but, but you know, but the, that, that also means too. So like, you know, at the end of the day, you might buy your kid, the new transformer that came out or something. And, and, and there are simpler transformers for kids and there are more complex ones, but like, you know, something mm-hmm. like a Haslab, you're not dropping that much money for a kid, oh, no. you know, unless you really love oh. your kid and they're going to be super careful. But, you know, like, I, I feel like a kid can find a good toy representation of anything they want. You know, I talked about Godzilla before. Like, really, anything. Like, short of a kid coming up to me and being like, I want a toy of the Exorcist. Like, I don't know where I'd find that for you that isn't going to give your parents nightmares as well as you. So, you know, I, I, you know, I feel like for the most part, companies do the, – the major companies, your Mattel, your Hasbro, your Playmates – they're doing a good job of making sure kids and adults have something to collect. Um, and then, you know, like we said, there are, you know, super seven NECA that is aiming at just adults, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I should not be surprised at this. There are two <laughs> exorcist toys oh. that Funko has done. I should not be oh, surprised yeah, no. at this. Fun- this Funko was a- do everything. So. No, no, no. I know. I know. I know. But I, I was just curious to see what, and they have a pop of Regan and they have a, a mystery mini of, of Regan. Uh, but you know, it is, it is what it is. All right. Do you have a, my parents got rid of my toys story. Um, you know, I'm I'm lucky to well, sort of, but not really. Um, 
So okay. basically what, what happened was, um, you know, I have two older brothers and, you know, a lot of my toys as a kid, I got from them. Like they'd be done with it. It was like the hand-me-down of toys, you know, like yeah, now you can play. Right. With it. Yeah. Um, in my parents' basement still, all of mine and my brother's Ninja Turtles are there. All of their G.I. Joes are there and the few that I had. Um, but at one point, my mom decided, like, because all of their toys were in the basement. Like, I always held on to my Marvel and Transformers stuff. That was always in my bedroom, in, like, in, you know, in my closet, in my bedroom closet. Um, but at some point, I remember my mom being like, there are too many toys down here. We, you need to sell these. And, like, my mom's church or my aunt's church was doing, like, this big, like, garage sale, yard sale type thing. Mm -hmm. So what my mom told me was she was like, pick out all the stuff you don't want, bring it to the sale, and you can keep whatever money you, you sell. And I forget if my brothers were in high school or they, I think they were in high school at the time. So they were like, we don't want to do this. We want to go spend this Saturday with our friends. And I was like, okay, I'll come. So, like, we had in there, like, visionaries and supernaturals and – uh just like a, some random 80s, early 90s toy lines that we would maybe only have like two or three characters from. Uh, Brave, Brave right. Star was one of them, just came to mind. And uh, so I went to this yard sale thing, garage sale thing. It was like indoors. It was in like, you know, like the youth center or whatever. And like mm -hmm. my mom and my aunt had like all these, you know, quote unquote antique dishes and costume jewelry and whatever. And I had this, the, this, this table full of toys and um, and the only reason why I sold all of it there was because my mom was like, you have to sell this. So I sold it. And like as a kid in middle school, I think I made like a hundred bucks. And when you're in middle school at the time, like a hundred bucks felt like a million dollars. Like I was going to go to KB. Yeah. You know, they used to do three Marvel <laughs> figures for 10 bucks. I was going to go there with a hundred bucks and get, you know, yeah. 30 figure or however many figures, you know, like I, I was I was so ready to go. And like my mom and my aunt sold like nothing because nobody was in the, the kids weren't coming up with their parents to look at dishes and jewelry. They were coming up to be like, this is a cool toy. toy I want this. So like yeah. it, it, it's yeah, I know the stories where people are like my mom just took it and threw it in the garbage. And, and I never knew until I yeah. came back from summer vacation or something. Um, yeah. They never did anything like that for me. Mine's kind of like the happy ending of like. Well, I got to sell it on my own terms and, you know, things like that. The, the yeah. one thing that my mom tried to make me get rid of and I would constantly hide them. And I'm glad I did um, because I didn't know their full origins until I was older was my battle beast. But we had like a tin full of battle beasts and my mom would always be like, you don't need these things. And I really dug them and I'd always hold on to them. And then when I found out, like I would hide them in my room, I'd like put them underneath like my underwear or something like the, like, like the kid who's hiding the playboy, you know, I'm, I'm hiding yeah. battle beasts under my socks. But, um, so I would always hide them when my mom would be like, you should get rid of them. So, uh, and then I eventually came to find out that they were in Japan, part of the transformers toy line, technically. Um, mm -hmm. so I have a complete, american battle beast collection i haven't gotten in a laser beast wow um and that like and i have the vehicles the, the play sets like that that was like a crown achievement that i it took me a couple years to build and um yeah that they don't all have their weapons but i have every character but um so like that was something that i'm glad that i never was forced to get rid of because now now like my mom will come over and you know she'll come into my basement where i have all my all my stuff and she'll be like, hey, you kept these battle beasts after all these years, huh? And I'm like, yeah, like you trying to get rid of them. 
<laughs> yeah, my uh, and again, I my story never changes, and I only tell I only say it every episode because for the guests' edification, because I don't ever always think everyone's going to listen to my actual episode that I did, but. My dad, so I come from divorced parents. My parents divorced in 1982 when I was two oh, years sorry. old. For, yeah, it is what it is. Nothing I can do about it then, nothing I can do about it now. One of them's gone anyway, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, so at the time, because I came from divorced parents, I would only have one, two, or three of the Masters of the Universe bad guys. At my, like, I would have a Skeletor and like maybe one or two other henchmen. Mm-hmm. But I would have all the other, basically, you know, I I would have ten heroes to three villains. My dad's house in Rhode Island, I would have all the villains with, like, three heroes. So, like, Tila is kind of (laughs) SOL. She's hanging. Castle Grayskull was at my mom's house. Snake (laughs) Mountain was at my dad's house. Oh, man. I had had Grayskull and I had Snake Mountain. Grayskull lasted about... 30 years until bugs infected oh. it in one of my apartments. Yeah, it is. that's a whole other thing. But, uh, but yeah, no. So, you know, by, by 1986, my dad, by the time I was six years old, my dad was like, yeah, you're too old for toys. I sold them all. I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it is, it is what it is. Right now, do you feel like you are coming to an end of your active toy collecting? If so, what has signified this phase for you? Was there ever a moment when you were completely done with toys altogether? Um, there, there's never been a moment where I've been completely done. Um, I have, um, and th- this is something I haven't really told a lot of people, so what a better way to do it than on a podcast. But um, I, I have been thinking a lot about I don't want to say completely getting out, but definitely cutting down on stuff. And, and I've been cutting down, you know, to begin with. But uh, part of me was kind of afraid to lose my own identity if I stop collecting. Because mm-hmm. it's not the centerpiece of my life, but it, it is a big part yeah. of my life. You know, my own radio show, I talk about the collectibles that are have been announced and I'm excited about them. So I talk about them because I'm planning on buying some of them. Um, so it, it is a big part of me. And recently, one of my best friends got rid of all of his Marvel Legends. Just like, you know, he, he was going to cut down and then he was like, screw it, I'm getting rid of everything. And part of me was like, well, if you do that, like, what am I going to talk to you about? Not that our friendship was built <laughs> on Marvel Legends, but, you know, like, like well, what, what do I have to say now? You know, and there's plenty to say. He's one of my best friends for a reason. But, like, mm-hmm. it's still, like, he'll still look at the news. So, like, you know, recently, as of this recording, they announced a uh, a Marvel Legends, like, vintage card Ghost Rider, like, on the 90s Toy Biz Ghost Rider, you know, card back. And, like, yep. when when they announced it, I, like, he texted me to be like, did you see this? So here he is, someone who's not collecting Marvel Legends anymore, and he's still like, that looks really cool. Like, I'm not going to buy it, but I know you like Ghost Rider. I, so, like, I can still talk to him about it. So that's good. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I've never been done, but I've definitely been at the point where it's like, maybe I don't need this character, or maybe I don't need this section of characters. And, you know, I I look at my own display in my basement um, for my... Marvel seems to be the one that I'm always kind of going back and forth on. I look at that, and I have a number of dedicated shelves to to mutants, to X-Men. And then I have, like... 
a couple shelves of Spider-Man, but then there's like one Avengers shelf and one Avengers bad guy shelf. And, and part of me is like, you know, maybe I don't need to collect Avengers characters anymore. Like maybe I'm okay with, you know, even if I got rid of most of these, maybe I'd feel okay. Like keep a Hulk, a Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, and like Wasp, Ant-Man and Hawkeye or something. And maybe I'd just be fine with that. Like I definitely look at it often as being like, I don't know if I need all this anymore. Maybe I can let go of some of it. And uh, me and you know, like I, I have, uh, I keep saying I have cut back in ways. There are times where Marvel will be like, "Hey, this is coming out," and I'm like, "That's nice. I don't need it," you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, Transformers. I have a harder time thinking of letting go of. Um, every time Hasbro's like, "Here's the next wave," I'm never looking at it like, ah, "I don't really need any of them." I'm like, "All right, I'll, I don't need that Beast Wars one. The rest I need," you know. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. What is something that does not have a toy of it you'd love to have in toy form? God, you know, it that that's a tough question because I feel like we're I'm getting damn near everything I, I'd ever want at this point. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, in 2022, that question, while it's a good question, it, it just doesn't seem like it's relevant anymore because even though they may not give us specifically what we like again i I mentioned earlier about the kingdom commander class rodimus Mm -hmm. technically that is everything i wanted 30 years ago when i had the original rodimus toy but like you know some of the transformer stuff like oh maybe it's not painted as much as it should right. be, or maybe they can't go by this, or maybe they can't do this, or maybe they couldn't fit this in to get it at a certain price point kind of thing. So this question does feel... Yeah, no, it's, it's, but it's I'm the, sure it's there's great plenty question, of things. And so. I'm sure if I sat here for like two hours really hemming and hawing about <laughs> it, I'd give you an answer. My most recent one would have been I would have loved an official Molten Man figure. I had a custom that I made, and and then Hasbro on the last live stream that they did for Marvel Legends was like, here's a Spider-Man five pack with Molten Man. And I'm like, well, I don't want anyone in that five pack except Molten Man. Molten Man. So, uh, so I, I'm not buying the five pack. I'm hoping I can find Molten Man on the cheap. But uh, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I, it, you know, it's just I, 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 especially with Marvel Legends, like I can't really think of too many characters I want. Like I, I, I take that back. Feral from X-Force. I really want her. I think that's like the last x-force member i need and um and maybe he had a toy in the old toy biz pre-legends days but there was an x-factor guy named random i would love an official random figure and maybe a wolfsbane in her x-factor uniform uh and then i think we're still waiting on rachel summers phoenix from excalibur so there there are a couple people to, to round out my 90s x teams but otherwise like I have all the big names. You know, I could, of course, name some obscure character that five people are going to know. But, uh, well, you yeah. know, but but if we're but talking I mean, things that would yeah. appeal to, like, an entire audience, I feel like those, would, those are kind of where we're at. So, yeah. Now, that five pack, besides Molten Man, who's in oh, it? Oh, God. The five pack is uh, it's, it's, uh, the Human Fly, uh, Molten okay. Man, uh, Razor Beast, who looks cool, but I don't know where I'd stick him on a shelf. Uh, they okay. used the <laughs> ultimate Spider-Man, like that teenage Spider-Man body, to do an ultimate mm-hmm. black costume Spider-Man. So the way that was drawn, it had like more of like a purple sheen to it. So that's how the right. figure's painted. And then the last figure in it is Silvermane on that ultimate beetle body, but it's all painted in gray with like a Silvermane head, which is literally 
a custom that I made a couple years ago. I, I took an, an Ultron from like a Target three pack and stuck the Silvermane head that came with like the race car that Shocker had stuck that on wow. it and i was like now i have a silver mane and it, it's the exact thing that i made a custom of so i was like okay way to go hasbro <laughs> that's that's like, awesome. stop stalking my instagram <laughs> <laughs> yeah it for me i okay i'll say this and i i say this every time because i think a lot of the funko fans know this but funko's tagline is everyone is a fan of something well that is true and they have a lot of licenses the one license they have yet to crack is that magical question mark box so yeah if we could get nintendo funko pops that would be great the only other thing i think i would personally want like i would actively like step on people to get and this is so stupid and silly is more Batman Beyond Funko Pops because the only things we have currently are Batman Beyond suits. We have the classic, the original one that came out years and years and years ago. It was Funko number 39. We have the new Funko Shop one with him crouching. We have the Fugitive Toys one with him having glowing red eyes. And what was the other one? Oh, the metallic one that came with the DVD set if you bought it at a certain time Mm. when the the Blu-ray... Batman Beyond TV. So there are four Batman Beyond pops, but they're all of Terry in the suit, the Batman Beyond suit. Like, I want Max. I want Dana. I want Bruce. Old oh, yeah. Bruce even even with all the bills that like, he has, too. Well, and yeah, absolutely. But, like, can you imagine an old Bruce Wayne, Bruce Tim style, Kevin Conroy, old Bruce? And they do this with other characters. They had, like, Bob Ross is a perfect example. Bob Ross, various versions of him have like the squirrel or the raccoon or they even back to the future. Doc Brown. I have a Doc Brown loot crate exclusive Funko Pop around here somewhere. or Maybe it's in storage where it's him and Einstein next to each other. So they've done these little like I want old Bruce with Ace or Terry with Ace like. I would love to have a Terry McGinnis Funko right. Pop that is that is him out of the suit kind of. That would be really really yeah, cool. Yeah, I get that. So, okay, so this one's a little different, not in toy form. But what is a toy that you would love to have scaled up and functional for real people? Like it could work in the real world. Uh, I mean, I can't say Megatron because that would be controversial, and, and, and I feel like the G one one you you can't bring a G one Megatron onto an airplane for reasons. So um, yeah, no, no. What, what what would I like to see scaled up into like a real world form? Jeez, um, that, that that's a great question. You, you know, I Hasbro's been really good about doing like more and more role play items recently. So you have like mm-hmm. the Tesseract, and you have Captain America's shield, and Thor's various hammers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be really neat if, uh, you know, they, they, they have like the Iron Man helmet, but I think it'd be kind of neat if they would do like maybe more of the Iron Man suit, like at the very least, like repulsor gauntlets, like, like a glove you could wear that, you know, I don't want it to fire anything. I don't want anyone to get hurt, but could like light up and make the noises from the movies and things like that. Don't they have that? Oh, though? do they? I mean, I mean, I know there are like I like they, cloth children's ones. I'm talking like a full okay. on like moving right, armor right, right, pieces, yeah. you know. Because I have like the Infinity Gauntlet, like that thing's you know awesome. 
But um, yeah. I, I feel like that's where I'm at. I feel like replica, prop replica, like weaponry, things like that would be a logical step to scale up. Uh, you know, like, cause like, yeah. I, I can't say I wish I had a in scale X wing. Like, where am I going to park an X wing? You know, <laughs> like uh, I'd love to have an ATAT to get to work to, you know, <laughs> you know? but uh, yeah, like I, I, I feel like there's some things that are highly impractical, you know, like, I, yeah, I'd love to have an Optimus prime truck that could transform, but let's be honest, that's not going to happen. You know? <laughs> Well, okay, it's not upscaled to be functional in the real world, but I mean, RoboSen is kind of well, doing true, that because yeah. it's an. I know, but like, if they can do that, can you? Oh God, I I can't even. Yikes! Yeah, the, yeah. Transformers in the real world would not be no, good. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. How has your wife dealt with your collection? Uh, you know, she's, she's fine with it. Um, it, it was something that I, I was very upfront and open about when we started dating mm-hmm. that, you know, like, this is who I am. This is what I'm into. And she never had any problem with it. She, she's, she's very fine with it. Um, I, that being said, prior to my wife, I've definitely dated women who were, I don't want to say weirded out by it, but they weren't as comfortable with it, you know, like. One of my friends, another one of my really good friends, uh, his girlfriend at the time had a friend that she wanted to fix me up with. And like their bright idea one time was like, let's go to Walmart and walk around because that's what we we did when I was in college. <laughs> it was a 24 hour right. Walmart. So we went to Walmart and like we walked into the toy section and a brand new wave of Marvel Legends was there. So I was like, <laughs> so in front of this girl who like they're trying to fix me up with, I'm like buying three action figures. And she's like, what are you doing with those? And I was like, buying them. <laughs> you know, duh. No, no, no. I was like, I was like buying them. And she's like to play with. And I was like, no, no, I just, I just collect them. Like, you know, I, I have a display shelf. I put them on and it's, it's, it's a hobby. And she was like, oh, don't you think you're old for that? And I was like, no. You know, it's it's just what I'm into, and like, needless to say, that relationship never took off. Like, nothing ever happened from it. But yeah, there have definitely been probably a good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And you know, no, no <laughs> ill will towards any of these people. I also feel like yeah, in no, the past yeah. like twelve ish years, it's gotten a little more accepted because of you know the Marvel movies getting so big and stuff. So now yeah. someone might not question it as much as long as it was like a character they knew from a movie. Um, yeah. but you know, I, I've dated women who were very great with it and were, were totally into it, would go to toy shows with me to help me find stuff. And I've been, I've dated women who just were like, well, this is kind of weird. And you know, those relationships didn't work. Yeah. As I said, my wife is fine with it. Um, you know, my, my display area is, 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 is my basement and she's fine. It's not like, yeah. you know, this tiny little damp basement, like I finished it all nice and stuff. So Oh yeah, 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 you know she, she's yeah. fine with it, and I mean, my my wife herself collects some stuff. You know, like I'm I'm sitting in my living room recording today, and like we have she has like a 12 inch electronic Kylo Ren next to the TV that you know you move his arm and he'll talk. She's got on top of our bookcases a uh, like a couple Funko Pops, like Star Wars Funko Pops. My my wife likes Star Wars, you know, just as much as I do. So to say that you know she doesn't have any interest would be would be a lie too. You know she. She doesn't collect quite like I yeah, do, but she no. has her own stuff too, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that. This quite the reason why this is on here is mostly for those people that I have on the show that are actually either with someone or you know are married and whatever else. But it's just one of those things where 
again, about a decade ago or so, like we were having this whole thing of, oh my God, people need to st-. like, there was a whole A&E, like, look, I like certain things on A&E, A&E in general, I don't have a problem with the network, but you're going to put on a show and try to get into the toy business by doing something called like, yes, drug intervention, alcoholic oh, yeah, intervention. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I understand that stuff, but you're going to put a show on the air called collection intervention. And you're basically going to spring this on people. Like they have problems. Yeah. Like that show just rubbed me all kinds of wrong. And half the time the episodes were like, I'm going to sell this off or I'm going to sell this off or, and I'm just like, Oh my God, society, like what the hell? Yeah. And and, I mean, and to that extent too, you know, leading up to my marriage, my wife and I were living in an apartment together and in the apartment, Mm -hmm. it was a two bedroom apartment. The second bedroom was like a guest room slash like office space. So, mm-hmm. you know, really, I had a, a shelf in the in our, our, our main bedroom that I had my Marvel Legends on, and I had a bookcase mm-hmm. in the living room that I had some Transformers on. And, like, and that right. was really all I could display at the time. Everything else was in storage at my parents' house. Yeah. And my wife was fine with it. And, like, she would have friends who would come over, and, like, they'd kind of be like, oh, this is his stuff. And they'd be like, well, when you get married, it won't be there anymore. And my wife would be like, why? Where's it going to go? And they're like, oh, you're going to let him display this after you're married? And, like, she knew how much it pissed me off. And I, it took yeah. everything I had to not respond to some of those comments. But she would squash yeah. that. And, like, God bless her. She would just be like, listen, like, just because I'm marrying him doesn't mean he has to stop buying this stuff. Like, this is his interest. This is what he's into. Like, yeah. you're with the guy who likes beer and, and, and football. When you get married, did you make him <laughs> stop drinking and watch tennis instead? No? Then fuck off. Like, sorry, I don't mean to... <laughs> You know, no, no, no. I absolutely, absolutely. You know, it, it's like I don't uh, like. And seriously, make him stop drinking and watch tennis. I'd have to drink more if I was watching <laughs> tennis. And I don't drink. Like I, I don't dr- I, Like I have drank in my lifetime, but I am not a drinker. I, I don't drink. Well, like yeah, you know that, that all that. But that's like, the thing. I feel like some of these people thought, and you know, for the most part, I like all my wife's friends. But I feel like some of them thought yeah. that, like, by me getting married, I was going to start doing like more man stuff. And I'm like, so what? Become an alcoholic? Yeah. Like that's what you would rather have me do? Like, <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Oh. And you know the same. You know, and it isn't really the same thing with me. But when Karen was was still here, when she was still alive, like she knew. Like again, it was a point in my life where I'm like everything is out. Like instead of having like this hidden label with all this syrup things that I can't. You know, you know what? You know all these all these things on 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 like food labels that you can't all these words on food labels you can't know i'm like look this is who i am up front this is what i do this is what i have this is what like there was uh, again about five six seven maybe ten years ago somebody was like oh the easiest way for your date to leave you on the first date tell them you're a podcaster i'm like wait what huh why like what's the difference between telling them i'm a podcaster or that i work in right like serious like really like, ser- like yeah, no, oh, they're, they're, these they're, these whole conceptions of of various things have just thankfully sort of most of them have kind of melted away. But the fact that they were even there on any level of anything is just like, right. 
Wow. And, and you know, I, I feel like to, to maybe cap off the, this question too, anyone mm-hmm. who's going to judge you on the fly based on your interests that are relatively harmless. Like if your interests are like buying guns and hunting people, like you might have some problems, but you know, if your interests are just buying collectible things, whether they be Funko pops or, or, or action figures or, or DVDs, you know, people who have tons of DVDs and stuff like it, it, it's not offensive, but if they're going to judge you on that, then they're not, they're they're not worth, if they're not willing to get to know you, and why you're into that stuff and why that makes you excited, then they're just not worth your time. You know, I've seen people, Mm -hmm. my own friends, like pine after people, and I've done it too, who just like, they didn't get Mm -hmm. why I was in the comic books. They didn't get why I was in animation. They thought it was weird. And I would spend months chasing these women around. And then finally they'd end up dating someone who was like, you know, your stereotypical like jock or whatever it may have been when I was in college. You know, I'm not trying to, take a no 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 right yeah yeah, it it would just be like why was i wasting my time when i ended up finding people who were i was i was just so much better being with because they they embraced my interests you know yeah absolutely i mean that's the thing like we we like karen and i had plenty of differing interests but we also had plenty of things that like this is so silly and stupid but so she got me into playing bingo blitz which is a facebook game but it's also you can get it on mobile and whatever else and since she's passed i didn't delete the thing i still kind of play i still kind most of the time i just you know collect the daily gifts and then i wait until i can play like because the thing with that though and thing with all mobile games is like pay to play pay to win like if you like yes you you can collect your 84 credits for this one day but you may only have enough credits to play one round which is going to be less than a minute and a half of your time right. whereas like if i save up for three months it's like oh i have over two thousand credits i can play for like four hours or whatever it is you know whatever. so you know she got me into that i didn't necessarily get her into funko pops but she found plenty of her own carrot like uh, what is it? Drunk Uncle from SNL. There was a pop of that. Uh, again, she was into the Harry Potter stuff, so I would get her like Hermione and other characters and things like that. And you know, and she had her own little office space in the house that we had had and whatever else. And she, you know, displayed her like my collection was all in my office. Right, <clears throat> my collection was all in my office upstairs. Whereas, you know, the only other pops in the house really were the ones that were in her office, which was downstairs, which is was what the den was or whatever else. So, like, you know, and I mean, I've seen plenty of House Hunter episodes where people have left pops out and they don't really, thankfully on House Hunters, they don't really address it. But for those of us looking and we see like, Hey, isn't that a Funko pop on the refrigerator? What's going on here? Right. But it's cool. You know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. It's just, yeah. All, all of these preconceived notions on any issue you can face. I'm going to say this for, I'm going to blanket statement. This any preconceived notion you have on anything, just drop it. It's not worth it. Get to know the person or get to know Whatever it is you need to... Yeah, so moving on. Toy collecting can have its struggles. What is one aspect that you tend to struggle with the most? Huh. What is one aspect I tend to struggle with the most? That... Hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I... 
I think my current thing is being able to tell myself it's okay to not get a figure. Um, you know, as, as humans, we, we're social creatures. We want to talk to people. So when they announce a new figure for whatever company, if it's something you're into, even if it's a character you might not love, there have been plenty of times where I'm like, I need this figure because everyone's talking about it on YouTube. Everyone's talking about it on Twitter. I want to be part of the conversation. So like, I, it's that fear of missing out. So being able to tell myself it's okay to miss something that yeah. that's my biggest struggle, you know? And you know, that, that happened. Yeah. As I said, I try to stick to G one transformers when the kingdom line was coming out, you know, they were, they put out like a leader class Megatron and I saw it in target and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm buying this right now. Cause everyone's saying it's great. And I got it in hand and I messed around with it. And he's a great figure, but and, and I like Beast Wars, but like that's not what brings me excitement. So everybody was like, isn't yeah. he great? Isn't he great? And I was like, yeah, he's okay. Anyone want to buy mine? Like that, that's kind of what it turned into. <laughs> and I, I currently have him on a shelf. I'm like, because I, I got the Optimus Primal too. So I'm like, all right, I'll keep the two leaders from Beast Wars. They can live on my shelf. But uh, it's, it's just like, yeah, like that, that I don't always have to be part of the conversation. I can enjoy something by watching someone else get enjoyment out of it, like adjusting my mindset to that has been my biggest struggle. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, and see, for me, it was sort of easy because again, I don't remember if we've said this in this episode or not, but back in 2011, I had to give up, I had to sell off my actual toy collection I had because of finances at the time and whatever else. So from 2011 up until I started this, up until I brought the, or up until Funko came around, 2011 to 20 until it came around to me 2011 2016 i didn't for those five years like like you're saying i can look at a new a news story and say oh that's cool but i don't need it it's okay like i'm i'm perfectly like i'm not gonna die tomorrow if i don't have it now granted i i say that now and if funko ever releases alf in pop form look out I'm basically going to devastate everybody. I'm basically going to turn into Devastator because, <laughs> like, seriously. I, if someone told me that – if someone asked me the whole thing of stopping, I could – yes, there's still probably plenty of Funko Pops I would want. But I could stop my Funko Pop collecting tomorrow if they announce that they are releasing 80s icon ALF from the show ALF. I'd be good. what is one positive and one negative memory you have with buying toys um a positive memory i mean just any time that i get excited to find something in a store that i'm not that i wasn't expecting is always a positive memory but i do remember i want to say it was december 30th so it was the day before new year's eve and uh Mm -hmm. towards the rest was still in business i don't remember what year it was but they had announced a cyclonus figure for transformers i was super excited i couldn't wait to find him and uh, i was hanging out with my friend we went to a toys r us on a whim and we walked to where the transformers are and there was a cyclonus on the shelf all by himself and i was like this just made you know the the end of the like this is the perfect end cap for a year that that made me really happy finding that one um yeah, my awesome. my worst memory, and I'm kind of an asshole for for this story. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Oh no, <laughs> um, my my worst memory was again in in a Toys R Us. Um, I had to be in my 20s. I was in a in the in the Toys R Us, you know, like Transformers or you know just action figure aisle, mm-hmm. and there was a little kid screaming about how he wanted to buy a new toy. You know, as as little kids do, 
And the mother was mm-hmm. trying to coax him out. You know, no, we had to get the present for so and so's birthday. It's not your turn to get a bir- to get a present. You know, and that's, that's fine parenting in my book. But then mm-hmm. this kid was like, or, you know, the mother said something like, "You can't buy an action figure every time you come into the store." So the kid. Being a kid, and I'm sure he meant it as innocent as could be, went, well, that man's buying an action figure. And the woman (laughs) looked at me and then, like, looked back at the kid, and she's like, well, there might be something wrong with him. Like, it was a weird comment to make, but it was within earshot because she was only 10 feet away from me. Yeah. So I got super pissed, and I turned to the woman, and I boldface lied, and I said... Ma'am, hi. I don't mean to be rude. I'm like, but this is actually for a very sick cousin of mine who's in the hospital and might not make it. I said, so if I could make his life just a little bit better by giving him a toy before he passes away, that's why I'm in Toys R Us today. And the woman turned white and she was like, oh, my God, let me pay for that for you. And I was like, no, no, that's okay. You've done enough. And she was like, no, no, I insist. And like, it was fully for me. So I wasn't going to like. That that's like super well, yeah. bad karma. Being like, yes, buy this toy for me. So, well, so I was like, no, 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 no. You, you, you're okay. I, I appreciate the offer, but no, thank you. That's not necessary. And I left, and like I felt so terrible. A that somebody would be like, you're a weirdo for buying toys. Like maybe I have a kid at home who I'm buying a toy for. You don't know what my story is. But then I kind of felt mm-hmm. worse about making like a lie like that. And I'm like, I really hope that like yeah. I'm never in a position where I'm buying a toy for someone who might not be making it through. Like it was kind of a terrible thing to say. And I don't take joy out of that story. Like I, I, for, so I told some of my friends, we laughed about it, but like, I, I really don't, I don't feel comfortable like doing, I would never do that to someone anymore. Cause it was one of those things that yeah. as soon as I said, I was like, Oh, that's regret. You know? <laughs> yeah. But at the time it's like, you got to come up with a reason. Oh yeah. Well, I, I had to come up with a reason to, you know to what be I mean? like, uh, like how, how can I make like, you feel worse? <laughs> Well, okay, you, but I didn't. I'm like, but you, like, I wish instead of her, like, and again, this is you know, hindsight is 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 what it is. But if the kid said, "But that man's buying a toy," what the mother should have said was instead of saying, even if you were still in earshot, instead of saying, "Oh, well, he must be a weirdo or something," he she should have said to her son that. That man is a man. He is of age. He probably like she. Yeah. That should have been a well, that, teaching that, that, moment that for her son. That person spend their money how they want. You know, something like that. Exactly. Of something like that. Instead of ranger, yeah. You know? And instead of making you have to tell a story that you now feel horrible about, you felt horrible about it, about it then, but you still, oh, I, feel, I still horrible feel horrible about, about it after it. all like, these you know, years. I'm, but it's I'm like, chuckling about it, but yeah, like it, it's not something that I'm sitting here like. Yeah, no, we're not trying to laugh at this story, folks. We know it was a. We understand mistakes were made and there's nothing we can do about it now, but why? Yeah. yeah I so, mean, but so that, that was probably the worst story by But, but I don't I, I also got accused yeah. of being a scalper once, which was very awkward. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I, when, when the uh, Toys R Us version of the Transformers Masterpiece Soundwave came out, I was buying one for <laughs> myself and a friend that I, that I had – uh, he was like, I called him up. I was like, yo, you said you were looking for one. There's like five on the shelf. Would you like one? And he was like, yeah, if you can spot me, I'll pay you back tomorrow. It's great. So I, I, I grabbed two. And this guy was just mm-hmm. like, why are you buying two, scalper? And I turned around and I went, 
one for myself, one for my friend. He's like, oh, just got to buy up the whole store. And I was like, no, no, there's there's there's, there's three still more. three on there's the shelf. Like, and he's like, oh, you're a scalper. <laughs> they shouldn't sell to you. And I just walked away. I was like, no, you're no, insane. No. I'm no, walking yeah. away. I get to the no. to the there- register and he friggin mm-hmm. followed me. And he's like telling oh, the cashier, no. like, don't let him buy two. He's a scalper. He's a scalper. And finally, like the manager came out and he was like, you need to stop abusing our customers. Like, otherwise, I'm going to ask you to leave. And then the manager, like, yeah. politely was like, what's going on here? And I said, like, listen, like, here's the call log. I just called my friend and asked him <laughs> if he wanted a, this toy because I know he's looking for it. While I'm, I'm, I'm here at the fan, store. You know? yeah. I'm like, I said, if there's a purchase limit, then fine. I'll buy my one. I'll tell him, you know, you got to get to this Toys R Us. But I figured I'd do him the favor. And the manager was like, all right, no, I, I just wanted to make sure because – you know, like this guy was very worked up. I'm like, yeah, he's screaming at strangers. Do you want to believe him? Like, <laughs> Yeah, there, there's a, okay. So a scalper, for those that don't know, and after 157 previous episodes, why we have to redefine this in 2022 is beyond me. But a scalper is someone who will go into the store at any length of time and buy up all of a certain of, toy and then try to upcharge yeah, them on the internet. Like, like, like if you, yeah, if you were going to, like if you, Dan, at that time were going to be like, I'm going to get one for me and my friend and then I'm going to make a bunch of money off the other three. Like if you were going to buy all five of them, okay, sure, unless you have a call log between you and your friend and your three other nieces, nephews, family members, friends, whatever, like, you know, yeah. But a scalper is someone who will buy up everything. They won't just buy two. Right. Like, you're not making scalp money off of two. <laughs> oh God! If you so if Hasbro, Marvel Legends, whatever, if you could create any toy, the company gave you the keys to the kingdom. What would you want to create? Um, right now, and this is a very easy answer for me. Right now, it would be a uh, comparable Deathsaurus from Transformers Victory to go with the upcoming Haslab uh, Star Saber. Very cool, there we very go. Cool. That's an easy one. Yeah. What is the one piece of advice you would give the toy collecting fandom? Uh, don't start. It will consume your life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, the, the, the best advice I can give, and this is kind of how I try to go through life in general, is you know, be open-minded. It's perfectly fine to not like something, but if someone's buying something, don't shame them for buying it. Um, and stick within your means. You know, I, 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 I don't know too many people who have like gone into debt buying toys. I don't know anyone, but you know, like yeah. if you know, you only have 60 bucks a month for toys, don't say, Oh, well, I can spend 80 this month and then I'll just spend 40 next month because you and I both know that that's not going to happen. So that's not gonna, stick yeah, within not your means. Happen. And sometimes pre-orders come a lot earlier than expected. It just happened with me with Hasbro pulse. And like, I was like, okay, rest of the month, I got to pump the brakes. That, that's what that comes down to. So. Yep, absolutely. Final question. What is advice you'd give to kids who enjoy toys? Enjoy them. Uh, enjoy them. Do not let anyone tell you you shouldn't enjoy them. You know, I remember when I turned like 12, my my, my parents would say like, oh, well, you're not going to like this stuff when you're 13. And then I'd turn 13. They say, you're not going to like this stuff when you turn 14. And every year it was, you're not going to, you're not going to. And and I I did. Um, so, you know, if it's really something you like, be true to yourself, you know, don't, don't change because 
someone at school is telling you that now you should like girls in cars, you know, like if you like collecting things, be proud of it, wear it on your sleeve, you know, uh, it, it, maybe don't make it a, every single conversation you have, but be, yeah. be proud of it. You know, it, you are who you are and you will be accepted. And, you know, especially for the young kids out there, like, I don't want to get in like a mental health PSA, but you will find your people who are into this like you are. And, you know, it, it might seem like it's taking forever, but I promise you it will happen. You know, some of my best friends I didn't meet until I was in college. And the reason why they're my best friends is because they're into collecting, they're into comics, they're into the, the movies I'm into. And, you know, finding them is one of the best things to ever happen to me. All right, folks, we are going to take one final ad break, and then we are going to come back to close the show after this. Hello, all sentient beings. Want the latest on everything going on in the Transformers multiverse? Check out the Transmissions Podcast Network. We've got weekly podcasts covering everything from Alpha Trion to Omega Supreme. From old school G1 all the way up to Cyberverse and beyond. And you don't want to miss Empire of Rust, the world's first and only Transformers live play role-playing game podcast. If you love Transformers, there's something for everyone at TransmissionsPodcast.com. Like science fiction? Of course you do, or you wouldn't be listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Well, the Marku 42 Universe podcast is an award-winning sci-fi radio show that's been around for over 10 years. We cover everything from Doctor Who to the MCU to pop culture and everything in between. A new show drops on Tuesday mornings on the GCRN website and all of the major podcast platforms. So listen to the Marku 42's Universe podcast from the universe and beyond. Discover a world of vintage and modern toys that's more than meets the eye with the Triple Takeover Toycast. Hosted by toy writers and photographers Toybox Soapbox, 6O, and TF Square One, this informal and chilled out series of discussions cover everything from vintage Transformers to Mask, Diaclone, Microman, and more, be it nostalgic or current. Whether you're a seasoned collector or a casual robot enthusiast, all are welcome. Triple Takeover Toycast. I'm Dan, and I'm the host of the Rock Nerd Radio Show, which airs live on HudsonRiverRadio.com every Wednesday evening at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It also gets backed up as a podcast, which you can find on your preferred podcasting platform. Every week on my show, I talk about all kinds of pop culture. I talk about music. I talk about movies, TV, comics, collectibles, and so much more. I also feature a guest on my show periodically, which you might enjoy. I have a couple of special segments of my, on my show, one called The Cover Song of the Week and My Favorite Thing in the World This Week. If you think this sounds cool, check it out sometime. I hope you do. On the Simplistic Reviews Podcast, we talk movies. We talk TV. We talk... Hello, Julie, what the heck are you doing? Trying to make our spot sound more exciting by adding explosions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have got the point across with sound effects, not the real thing. Car, car, 
Download the show on iTunes or at simplisticreviews.blogspot.com. I'm sure your insurance company will cover that. No, they won't. No, they probably won't. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of ToyCast. So as always, I want to thank you for joining us here on ToyCast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can listen to and comment on all of our content. Send any email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. You can find us on all the podcatchers, iTunes, Spotify, Apple, whatever, you know, whatever you listen to, whatever you use. Follow us on Twitter at Geekcast Radio for the sh- network, at TF Toycast for the show. I am at TFG and Mike. As Dan mentioned, he is at Rock Nerd Radio on Twitter. Become a fan on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Geekcast Radio Network. You can also check out Toycast, or it might be under TF Toycast over there. I know the overall page is Toycast, but the, the at thing might be at TF Toycast. Coming up next time, I'm not sure. I never know, folks. It's probably going to be a display case, but I could be wrong. For now, I am TFU and Mike with... Dan from the Rock Nerd Radio Show. Join us next time, and we'll be talking more toys here on Toycast. folks we're gonna take another ad break you're gonna come with damn it